It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Good evening to you, Joe Linville, Bill Cornwell, and for the third week in a row, Bill, no Ryan Epling. We're going to have to call the local authorities and put an APB out on him. Well, hopefully he will be here soon. He uh, he will be here. He was scheduled to be here. He's doing some other duties, but hopefully he is on his way. Yeah, he'll be here. The uh, Lady uh, Pioneers is uh, having, having a big game tonight with Sissonville, and he had the call of that game, and he will be arriving shortly. But, you know... Uh, it, Let's talk just briefly about the weather. You know, last week uh, we had a ton of game cancellations because of uh, because of weather. Tonight is is a totally different story. Yeah, exactly. The we've had a, a decent week. It's gotten a little cold again this week. At the end of the week here, but tolerable as long as you bundle up. And uh, it was amazing last night uh, walking around in seventy degree weather, <laughs> shirt sleeves. But uh, <laughs> but you know we we've gotten a break and. Uh, Let's enjoy it, and, and certainly we're getting down to the nitty-gritty on the regular season. It's hard to believe, Joe. I mean, think about it. Basically, we started this show two weeks or two months ago because it was the second Friday in December. Right. It's the second Friday in February already. So, uh, I mean, we've been doing it two months, and, I mean, we're, we're getting down to, like, one or two games left in most folks' regular season schedule. Yeah, I think this is the tenth show of the season, yeah. and we do fifteen, so we're five weeks out to naming uh, state champions. Well, and uh, next week uh, is going to be a big week because there's a lot of these conference championships coming up for the MSAC uh, Night of Champions and the MSAC placement games. As far as AAA, uh, they'll be next weekend. Yep. Well, Bill, our listeners are here for scores, and let's do that right now. Let's take a look at our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Bill, take a look at the girls' scores. Actually, I don't have my scores up, so okay. you're going to have to do that. All right. I can flip over and take a look at uh, the girls' scores that are up. Uh, in girls' games, at the end of the first quarter, it is Trinity Christian overleading uh, the Clay Mattel Seabees by a score of 15-9. to nine. That's the end of the first quarter. This is a final. It was Moorefield over East Hardy tonight, uh, 56-16. It was the Lady Irish of Notre Dame leading Tigers Valley 47, or the final was 47-34. Well, we talked about this one just a few minutes ago, and Ryan Epling saw a good one. It was the Wayne Pioneers over the Lady Indians of Sissonville by a score of 49 49- 44. It was the Lady Generals of Winfield knocking off Herbert Hoover tonight, 62 to 50. Buck Cannon Upshur uh, knocked off Elkins by a score of 60 to 35. Fairmont over East Fairmont, 49-14. That game is at the half. This is a girls' score. Frankfurt knocks off Philip Barber by a score of 81. 32, and at the end of the third quarter, it is the Pikeview, Pikeview Panthers leading James Monroe by a score of 53-44. You got scores up? Actually, I do. I'm doing boys, right? All right, take a look at the boys' scores. All right, let's start it off with, uh, first off, uh, uh, final, uh, actually, this is a halftime score. Uh, Frankfurt is leading Allegheny, Maryland, 33-22. It is Cameron beating Magnolia tonight, 66-60. Nicholas County. The victor over the Tug Valley Panthers, 85-73. George Washington takes care of capital. Big-time win for the Patriots, 79-62. It was Chapmanville and Logan, of course, uh, just finished 
And Chapmanville gets the win at the Willie Acres Arena, 59-53. Into the third quarter, Oak Hill and Charleston Catholic get a real battle. And it's the Red Devils with a 34-30 lead. Close game there. Halftime score, Spring Mills leading Hedgesville, 28-23. Final, Spring Valley beats Huntington tonight up at Huntington High, 58-43. It was Woodrow Wilson beating Hurricane 61-51, battle of top 10 teams in Class AAA. Washington, fourth quarter score, leading Jefferson, 43-41. John Marshall defeats St. Clairsville, Ohio, 83-71. And the Wayne Pioneers get the win over the Mingo Central Miners. Our our good friend uh, Ryan Epling will be happy, 49-44. Just finished in overtime. Morgantown beats Wheeling Park, 55-52. Martinsburg Bulldogs keep on rolling. They beat Musselman tonight, 64-50. It was Parkersburg Catholic, uh, fourth quarter score, beating Ravenswood, 43-34. Parkersburg beats Ripley, 69-54. Polka, a halftime score leading Sistonville, 34-23. It was uh, Riverside beating South Charleston, 64-60. Bluefield defeats uh, Shady Spring, 74-60. And finally, Wyoming. Over Wyoming East, that is over West Side, 75-58. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And Bill, we got a lot to talk about tonight. A <laughs> uh, lot going on in the OVAC uh, boys and girls uh, championships going on. And of course, uh, the, earlier in the week, they had the shootout at the big house down at uh, West Virginia State uh, University there in Institute. A lot uh, of good games there. Yeah, but uh, I do want to go to the phone lines right now. And last uh, Saturday night, uh, there was an incident after the. Uh, the Big Atlantic Classic uh, in Beckley. Uh, the Martinsburg Bulldog, uh, Lady Bulldog team had just left the facility. And I understand getting on the uh, interstate there, they had an accident. The bus yeah. overturned. And when I first heard the news, it, man, I mean, my right. stomach Same just, here. Uh, just, you know, yeah. fell through my feet because, you know, you never want to hear that. Yeah, they were uh, getting on 64 eastbound at the, uh, what, what some people call the Beckley Bypass. Right. And, uh, yeah, had a just very unfortunate incident. But anyway, the bus overturned, and thank goodness there was no serious injuries. And joining us now is the principal of Martinsburg High School, Trent Sherman. And uh, Trent, thanks for joining us here on Basketball Friday Night. And we're just so thankful that the, the incident wasn't worse than what it actually actually was. Yeah, guys. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're very thankful and blessed that uh, it wasn't. Uh, could have been a, a much worse uh, incident, and it wasn't. Um, most of our girls got away with just uh, bumps and bruises. We did have one broken arm, but um, you know, considering what happened, it could have could have been much worse. And of course, uh, the community and the outpouring of fans from really across the state and the whole, and the whole Martinsburg region uh, just reached out uh, to you folks. And and what does that mean to a, a school in, in a time like that? I mean, you know, it was kind of a crisis mode there until everything kind of settled down and the dust settled. But but there was a lot of support there as well. Yeah, that's big. And uh, you know, our school community really got behind uh, you know the girls and everybody, and that was big. And it wasn't just it wasn't just within our school community, but it was. It just seemed like the whole state, you know, from the time the accident happened, the governor really stepped in and helped out with, uh, you know, getting our parents and student-athletes, coaches, lodging. The first responders did a great job. We had a couple uh, managers to uh, 
two guys that go to Martinsburg that were following the bus, and they got jumped in there and helped the girls uh, get out of the bus. Um, you know, all the way to this week where we've had uh, lots of people in the in the area reach, reaching out and saying, "Hey, can we can we buy the girls lunch?" Um, our counselor has been meeting with them. You know, just talking with them. You know, if they have any concerns or anything they want to talk about. So just. It's been a real big, uh, you know, real, real big outreach uh, from everybody within the state and within our community. Yeah, Trent, I want to follow up on that. Uh, uh, of course, school came back in session on on Monday. Talk about uh, uh, your student body, you know, the, the students that were involved with this, uh, you know, um, how they handled it. I know you had some counselors that were available just in case they were needed. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we made uh, made counselors available to, to anyone that needed them, especially the the uh, girls that were involved in the, in the accident, um, you know, and that's the thing. There's there's a physical aspect to this thing, but when you're dealing with a teenage girl, there's also a mental aspect to it as well. And uh, they start thinking, what if this had happened? What if that had happened? So there there has to be uh, folks to take care of the mental side of it as well. What uh, what what has been like in school this week though? Other otherwise, I mean, is things starting to get back to normal once the you know once the things start settling down? Yeah, things things are probably I'd say back to normal now. You know, we got here towards the end of the week. The girls got back out on the court last evening, did a little practice, uh, and then they practice again this evening. But uh, you know, kids in the school were you know and young kids especially are resilient and they they bounce back pretty quickly from. From things of this nature. All right, we're talking to Trent Sherman, the principal at Martinsburg High School. Uh, thanks for joining us, and thanks for giving us an update. and And we're just so thankful that that, that everyone's okay and, and will recover fully. Well, we I appreciate that, guys, and I want to I want to say to those folks that really have reached out to us and uh, everyone involved in this thing, we really appreciate the. It just goes to show, you know, what kind of state West Virginia is. Yeah. We really care about people. And, um, you know, it's more, it's more than just wins and losses. We care about people, and that's, that's what's important. Absolutely. Amen. And uh, we, we totally agree with you. And, again, we, we're just so thankful that all your girls and everyone on the bus is okay. And, and, and like I said, we'll make a full recovery. All right, you. All you right. Guys have a good evening. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Thank Trent Sherman, the uh, principal at Martinsburg High School, and and Bill. You know, I tell you what, I I couldn't imagine being a parent and getting a phone call uh, that you know my kid was on a bus that overturned. You know, because yeah. you're not there, you don't know what happened. Yeah, uh, the, the early reports are that they may have hit some black ice. Mm, okay, and uh, and that uh, that the uh, bus basically went out of control. But unfortunately, they were in, in a spot where it's kind of hilly. And they did a little tumble over the hill, and again, I just can't imagine that. And uh, you know that it had to be uh, uh, just mentally just affecting these girls for for days. But uh, according to to uh, Principal Sherman, there it sounds like that they have adapted well, and he's exactly right. Uh, West Virginians come together. We are family. We've always talked about this on right. the show. We are family, and and there was just concern from all across the state. Uh, we mentioned uh, Governor Jim Justice. Uh, Governor Justice basically put these folks up at Glade Springs for the night. Right. Uh, let let them get uh, get it together mentally and physically before they could uh, go home to Martinsburg on Sunday, and they got back in in good shape. 
All right, let's go right back to the phone lines. And joining us now, who is a an official member of the yep. family here on uh, Basketball Friday He's Night. part of the family now. Brian Sexton. Brian, good evening and uh, welcome once again to Basketball Friday Night, even though uh, you know, you're know you over the landline tonight instead of in studio. Well, Joe, Billy, it's good to be with you guys. My shirt that I'm wearing tonight, my Nike uh, Cavaliers basketball hoodie, is not nearly as nice as the black basketball night <laughs> in West Virginia shirt that I donned last Friday night to be with you two guys. But, man, what a blast that was being with you guys. I, I so enjoyed it, yeah, and I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, before we went, I went on the air tonight, Bill and I was actually talking uh, and how much we enjoyed and you just fit right in. I mean, you know, just uh, there was no rehearsal or anything you just slid right in the seat and, and went right along with us and we appreciate that but let's talk a little bit about uh, your basketball team this week of course you had a game there uh, last Saturday yep. a big game and uh, followed right on through the week well I wondered why my ears were burning about 8 30 <laughs> you know that when when you when you and Cornwell were talking about me but yeah we we had a we've had a tough week this week so far you you, you know I heard a little bit of the uh, interview you did with the Martinsburg principal and uh, so thankful as you guys mentioned, that their girls are okay and everybody's safe and sound. Um, we took one on the chin at Cabell Midland on Saturday, losing to the night 71-53. to And, and man, they just randed us in waves, Joe. And, and uh, you know, the, the young man, Chandler Schmidt, uh, was as advertised, uh, had a big game against us. And, and uh, that's good for us to play that kind of team because I think Campbell Midland's going to do some damage in in the tournament in on the Triple A side of things, and and then we follow that back up on Tuesday night. It's funny, uh, our head coach and a couple of our assistant coaches were caught. They weren't in a wreck, but they were caught uh, in a wreck where the interstate was shut down when they tried to get to Wood County. So uh, our athletic director Donald Pauley and myself coached our team on Tuesday night and. And we went down. Uh, we went down at, at Wood County Christian, sixty-three to fifty-six. We got down early, and and uh, it was senior night there. And I think they had a little extra juice uh, behind them. And uh, we rallied back to take a lead late, but uh, they hit a big three-point shot and hit some free throws to beat us. So we're kind of licking our wounds a little bit, trying to get ready for New Life Christian this Monday, and of course our WV Cat tournament next uh, next Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, exactly. You know, we we talked about. Uh... Last week, uh, it's going to be a big time in Summersville next week. I will tell you this, uh, Brian, uh, talking to uh, uh, Rick Chafin, the coach of the Knights, he was very complimentary of, of the Patriots, and he talked about the fact how competitive your guys are. Certainly, they, they had in maybe some advantages as far as numbers and talent level. But he was very impressed with the, the Patriots and uh, how competitive they were against his Knights the other uh, last Saturday. Billy, I tell you what, you, you mentioned it. I went back and listened to the show that we did last week, and, and you mentioned how Coach Chafin is 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 a stickler for defense, and we saw that up close and personal. You know, they really made a conscious effort to shut Isaac Massey down and held him to 16 points in that game. And, and again, I think the Knights are going to be a formidable foe. But, again, Billy, it, it was a, a great opportunity for us to measure ourselves against a good AAA team. And we've had those measurement games this year. Some games we've played a little bit better, uh, you know, a team against a team like Sheldon Clark out of Kentucky. 
Um, in, in some games, we we didn't play so well, and the Knights forced us into a lot of turnovers where they killed us on the boards. Uh, they out-rebounded us 47-26 to 26 in that game. And, and uh, you know, again, that's a good measuring stick because, in my mind, we won't play a team as talented as Cabell Midland in our WVCAT tournament. The, the Knights are a very talented team. I'm telling you, I think those guys are going to go a long way. Well, Brian, we're up against our first break. Uh, thanks for joining us again tonight. We look forward to hearing from you again next Friday night. Well, keep a seat warm for me. I'd, I'd love to come back in there and, and join in the uh, in in the show and the post game festivities before the season <laughs> over. Before the season season is over, we'll make it happen. How's that? That sounds good, Joe. You guys take it easy, and uh, we'll talk to you next Friday night from beautiful Summersville, West Virginia. All right, and the home of the WVAC tournament next week there at the uh, Nicholas County Armory. As yep. Brian's, Brian's, Thanks, guys. I appreciate a few minutes. Yes, sir. Brian Sexton, uh, PA broadcaster for uh, Calvary Baptist, who was on the show with us uh, last week. Well, we're up against our first break here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. On deck, Eric Little of WVVV and Morgan Sherwood, student broadcaster uh, from Hedgesville. So more to come here on Basketball Friday Night on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Marshall University sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to the show. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We appreciate you being part of the show. Don't forget to join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight. Last week, 75% of you voted that the number of fouls before a high school player is disqualified should be increased from 5 to 6. This week's question, should there be flagrant fouls in high school basketball? Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. Again, you've got till 11.45 tonight. And, of course, we'll share the voting results with you then. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 
Thank you very much. Uh, welcome back. 919 here on a Friday night and uh, basketball, uh, high school basketball, I should say, across the uh, Mountain State is in full swing tonight after uh, the, the weather issues we had last week. And, uh, you know, a lot of the games were canceled or postponed, but uh, things are hopping tonight. Let's go right back to the phone lines and uh, join Eric Little of WVVV. Had the call of the Parkersburg South Ripley's Boys basketball game. Good evening, Eric. Hey, good evening. How are you this evening? Glad hey. to be with you once again. Hey, we're doing great. It's that 69-54 Parkersburg South win uh, means they're doing great as well. Uh, broke up a six-game winning streak. So it's always a good night when you break a winning streak and or you break a losing streak, excuse me. And uh, it's interesting is Mike Fallon, uh, I, I learned this after the game and did not say it on the broadcast, he had some socks on. Uh, I think he, they were the only ones that he found. Uh, in the locker room, uh, they had like a, a school bus and, and some kind of a funky design. And so he says he's going to have to wear those every game now because, you know, you don't mess with a winning streak, according to uh, the movie Bull Durham. That's one thing I learned there that you can cross over. <laughs> but Eric's been a busy but, week for you guys, uh, playing that little general shootout and uh, had, a, had a couple of toughies. Uh, uh, you lose capital on Monday, then uh, Wednesday. Yeah, you got a hold of a very good Hurricane team, so uh, no doubt they're very happy to get on the winning side tonight. Yeah, Parkersburg South was in both of those games, uh, an overtime loss to Hurricane. Uh, they're 0 and, South's 0-2 in overtime this year, by the way. Uh, they're 1-6 and in games decided by five points or less. So it seems like a lot of times uh, that's the difference between the team that's got a winning record and a losing record is the teams with the winning records have found a way to get those close wins and get the wins in those close games. Unfortunately for South, they have not figured out how to do that yet this year. But one of the things that Mike Fallon really told me in the postgame tonight that stuck out, they lost by 20 against uh, George Washington last Friday in the game. They really weren't in uh, even to that extent. Um, but he said he saw a much more focused team the following night. They played Logan, Ohio, who was the 10th-ranked team in Ohio Division One at the time. And uh, they were in that game in the final minute and lost by six when Logan scored the final six points of the game. And like you said, a couple toughies at the Little General Stores uh, shoot out the big house. And then um, tonight, Malachi Sylvia responds with 22 points. South had four different scores and double figures. And the Patriots took it uh, to a Ripley team. And the big sectional game that Mike Fallon emphasized because you got sectional seating on the line. So now PHS and South have identical 2-1 and records in the section. Ripley is 0-2 in the section. So if you're south, you're looking to rack up some wins before that final vote comes in. And what's up next for Park South? They don't have a lot of rematches this year, but a rare occasion where they do is Tuesday. The Patriots are going to go back into Ohio and take on Warren, Ohio. Uh, Not too far away. It's a a very short trip. Uh, The Patriots defeated Warren uh, on South's home floor uh, at the beginning of what the the, the stretch has been. Tonight capped the stretch where South played uh, was it, 11 games in 22 days, starting with that Warren game on January 18th. The Patriots went 4-7 and seven in that stretch, and four of their losses of those seven were by single digits. And look at so the, I said on the air, I said on the air at the beginning of that stretch, I said, uh, we're going to know a lot about this team uh, after this stretch of basketball. And then tonight I came on and I said, really, uh, the results were kind of inconclusive because they had the worst loss of the year by margin in there. But they played some really close games, and they've been close to getting over the hump, and, and, and they may slowly be figuring it out. Now, another Ohio game next week. You got, uh, next Saturday, uh, big trip up to Columbus. 
take on Dublin Kaufman High School. So it's all Ohio next week for the Patriots. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing some left lane driving in honor of that. <laughs> and Kaufman uh, Kaufman is uh, 15, fifteen and zero. Thank you for that, by the way. Kaufman's fifteen and zero, and they're number two in Ohio to yes. one. So it, it's a competitive schedule the South playing. Uh, and, and that'll be a fun one Saturday night. That, that's going to be by far uh, the, the best team they've played all year long, by, by far. And I'm interested to see how uh, how South stacks up with that. And uh, One of those games that if they play it in the, at the end of December, beginning of January, uh, it's probably not the result you want. And at least the way they're playing now and the way they've got things going now, especially if they can get uh, a good effort on Tuesday, uh, they, they might have, uh, uh, they might have a, a good shot to go do something big on Saturday. Eric, it's always a pleasure, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. We're looking forward to it as well. You guys take care, and uh, tell Ryan Epling we miss him. All right, we will do that. Eric Little of WVVV in Parkersburg, uh, who follows the Parkersburg South uh, uh, teams uh, across in uh, high school basketball, football, whatever sport they may be playing. We'll continue right on with the phone lines. Joining us now is uh, Morgan Sherwood. He's a student broadcaster with the Eagle News Network, and you had to call the Hedgesville Spring Mills game. Good morning, or good evening, and welcome to Basketball Friday Night. Hi, that was a good game tonight. All right, well, tell us about it. So the the first quarter actually ended up in fourteen fourteen tied for the team for the Springfield Cardinals and Hedgesville Eagles, which was definitely not something that they were expecting coming off of the loss our loss against the Cardinals last time we played them. But the, it was definitely a tough game once again, and we were just it was super impressive to watch the Eagles battle with the Cardinals back and forth to end up beating them by one point tonight, 56-55, within with the, like, the last five seconds of the game. It was a very intense game. How tough is it to call a game like that? I'm sure there was a good crowd on hand and, and all the excitement from the fans. Is it, do you find yourself uh, having trouble keeping your concentration? Not really. Whenever we do live stream, we normally have our headsets on, so we can't really hear anything. Other than ourselves talking, which helps a lot. Except we weren't able to live stream tonight because um, my other people I do my live stream with, Emma Schwartzmiller and Jesse Kane, weren't in town. So it was just me tonight. So we decided not to do the live stream. But I still ended up going to the game, and it was definitely worth going because it was just such an amazing game. All right. We appreciate the update, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the show uh, as the season rolls on. All righty, I look forward to being on here. Thank you. All right. Morgan Sherwood, uh, student broadcaster, uh, had to call tonight of the Hedgesville Spring Mills game, and, and uh, the phone lines are stacking up, so we'll just keep rolling right along. And a lady that's no stranger to our show, the head coach of the uh, Van Lady Bulldogs, if I can get the technical part of us to connect up here. There we are. Stephanie LaFouch, uh, head coach of the Lady Bulldogs at Van High School. Uh, good evening. And uh, your team just keeps rolling right along. Good evening, good fellas. We're doing all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're doing good. Um, uh, the weather's uh, kind of settled <laughs> down here for a couple of days, and we're getting a lot of basketball games in. We, we are for sure. It's been a pretty good uh, basketball season, actually. We haven't had to reschedule too much, so. 
All right, let's pretty talk. Good for us. Let's talk about the Lady Bulldogs. Uh, you guys uh, are playing some pretty good basketball this season, and uh, over the last week, you've had a couple tough games, but uh, you're surviving and you keep plugging along. We do indeed. Um, we went up to the Hit Tournament Championship game last Saturday, and um, you know we we actually went into the game. We lost the starter to a knee injury, Kinsley White. Um, so, you know, we went in with some apprehension. We had some girls that stepped up and and um, filled her shoes pretty good. And um, we got into just a little bit of foul trouble, not too much. So we, we managed to make it to the end. Um, it was a it was a really exciting game. Uh, we won by two, I think. Um, so uh, we had a, our starter, starting uh, center, Haley Cook, the week before, or two weeks before, had a dislocated finger. So she was... Still a little. That was still a little bit sore for. Her. So we're we're uh, we're beat up a little bit. And when you're only uh, ten ten off the bench, <laughs> injuries kind of are not something you want to deal with at the end of the year. But we're plugging right along. Exactly. Uh, you just kind of, as a coach, you just got to make uh, the best decisions you can in those situations and and uh, keep moving forward. Keep 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 the the confidence level of the rest of the team up and and you know just keep keep continuing to play your style of basketball. Yeah, we had um, we we just hosted a home game to Wahama. I'm still here, actually. Um, you know, and and they're a uh, they're a pretty solid basketball team. So we we took one on the chin without our uh, without Kinsley this evening. It was senior night for us, and those are always you know emotional. Um, so it, it it is what it is. We we head to counter county rival Sherman on Monday. Um, so we, you know how those games go from being from over here. They right. they could go either way, no matter what the school records are. So we look for that to be a pretty physical matchup on Monday. Yeah, the uh, Lady Bulldogs uh, got knocked off tonight by Wahama by a uh, score of sixty forty six. How tough is it? You're talking about the the senior night being emotional. Uh, it, sometimes it gets emotional for for people like me that that broadcast into the PA because you get to know these kids so well. You know, you're with them uh, throughout the week and then on game nights and so forth. And and coaches are, you know, you guys are are a lot closer to these players than we are. Well, it is, it's emotional for all of us. The girls, you know, they of course were playing uh, fairly emotional tonight. Um, I get, I, I'm of course, you know, attached to all of them. They're, they go to school with my daughter, so they've been around me, you know, for several years. So to see them go and move on, you know, we lost a couple last year that were, you know, near and dear to my heart. So when they when they get older and move on, it does make it a little bit difficult for everybody. But you know, ultimately, you hope that you've. Um, you know, nobody's going to remember your basketball score probably, but if the, if you um, instill some life skills and and some lessons of um, work ethic and and discipline, you know, you've done your job as a coach, I guess. All right, uh, looking at the schedule, you've got a couple games left. Uh, you go on the road Monday night to Sherman, and then you go on the road, yeah. uh, uh, I guess, uh, Thursday night to Lincoln County. Preview preview those games for us. Um, the Sherman game, like I said, is always a physical game. Um, you know, they of course have Deja over there. Um, she's, she's, she's strong underneath, you know, she's, she's going to hurt you underneath and, you know, Caroline, uh, Nelson, um, out on the point, she can handle the ball well. So, I mean, they have, they have a couple weapons inside and out. I mean, you just never know what to prepare for them. Now, Lincoln County, on the other hand, they're, they're a fast, they're a fast-placed team. Um, 
you know they they've got they've got shooters everywhere so their their arsenal is uh their arsenal's pretty thick so um i should have um, mri results on kinsley next week and and um, we'll know the extent of her injury uh hopefully she'll be back with us towards the end of season and um you know if if uh if something happens and she's not able to come back we we've got some freshmen that have stepped in and scored a few points a game you know they still have a lot to learn and um <laughs> I tell them sometimes they're the, the, the dumbest smart kids I've ever seen because they're all four-point-plus kids. But to run a play, whew, I have to worry about them sometimes, and they laugh at me. But, um, you know, we've got a lot of growing to do. We've got a lot of, of youth. Um, you know, we had uh, three seniors or, or four seniors tonight. Two of them are starters. So, you know, um, next year, though, coming from eighth grade, I should have ten players coming up from the middle school. So I, I look for our team to grow pretty big pretty much next year. All right. Uh, Stephanie Fouch, the head coach of the Lady Bulldogs at Van High. Uh, you know, I know you got a couple games left, and then tournament time's here. We're up against a break. we got to go. But once again, thanks for joining us on Basketball Friday Night. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yes, ma'am. Stephanie Fouch, head coach of the Van Bulldogs uh, ladies uh, basketball team. We're up against a break. We'll be back with more. On deck, Rob Williams, head coach of the Princeton Boys Tigers. Much more here on Basketball Friday Night on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. R.J. Klein, Sherman Tide, Jesse Muncie, Tulsi Rebels, and Hamilton, Nicholas County Grizzlies, Jordan Kish, Chapmanville Tigers, Madison Blankenship, Riverview Raiders, Marley Washingtonites, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Taylor Dunford from the Montcom Generals. Tonight, you're going to meet someone from the Webster County Highlanders. They will join our standout athletes of the week. They all have in common as they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. And if you have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, We consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget about our online poll. Vote in this week's poll. You've got until 11.45 tonight. This week's question, should there be flagrant fouls in high school basketball? Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll, and you'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup and a shout out to Isaac Dingus and Shane Hiley new followers on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup stay up to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com 
Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 9.35 here on Friday night, uh, covering high school sports or high school basketball across the state of West Virginia. Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling is actually back in the house after a long absence. Ryan, great to see you, my friend. Hey, it's nice to be back. I found my way back in. Key still works. That's all positive. Uh, It's been a while, guys. It's been a a wild couple of weeks. Um, Two weeks ago, I had a migraine when I woke up to do the show, so that was not good. And uh, you know, I had to battle the flu last week, which is something that everyone has. Yes, that's I not good have, either. No, that's that's bad. I did have my flu shot back in like November, but yeah. so it wasn't as bad. Okay. But it was still just no energy, body aches, and just you know general fatigue. Fun times. So I spent the last uh, <laughs> last weekend uh, sleeping through most of everything as much as I could, and uh, kind of geared back up, ready to go now. Stretch run, absolutely. I mean, we're, you're we're, full of energy and yeah. raring to go. I, I am. Well, it, it is, I mean, it is stretch run. You know, just we you know we, we just had Stephanie LaFouch uh, from Van, and you know, you you look at their schedule. They got two games next week, and they're done with their regular season. I mean, it is stretch run, especially for the girls in the state. Right. Boys have a couple weeks left. Yeah, the girls um, really the seeding. We're right down to the the point right. of the season. I believe it's uh, next week when the seeding uh, voting takes place. Right. So, uh, you know. We're, we're almost to the postseason, guys. What happened? Yeah, we're in show 10 of 15, so we're rolling right along. That's so. right. And we've got a lot to talk about. And right now, um, first of all, I do want to say thank you to all those who have reached out to me over the past two weeks. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I missed you all, too. Um, all right. And I do want to mention, too, that um, I, I heard you talk with the uh, principal at Martinsburg. And uh, I do know last week uh, several people – from our basketball night family that right. when I say our family, I mean literally the people who call in, people who listen, uh, reached out to, to try to get information. I was trying to help guide them to the right people right. who would have better information. But uh, really it was a, an outpouring of support from all over the state, and that was uh, very impressive and but not surprising. Right. Because uh, mm-hmm. West Virginia will take care of our own because no one else will. That's exactly I mean, that's, that's true. That's, uh, that's how it is. So back here, happy to be back. Happy to be talking high school basketball. Let's go back to the phone line, see if I remember how to do this. <laughs> Rob Williams is the head coach of the Princeton Tigers. Uh, the boys team at Princeton has lost two games in a row, uh, but still 11-6 and six on the season, a fantastic season uh, to this point. Coach Williams, welcome to Basketball Friday Night. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Um, I hate it that we're talking to you this week versus – a week ago, because this time a week ago, uh, you were on a winning streak. That included a win over South Charleston in the uh, Big Atlantic Classic, uh, losing, though, last Saturday to Woodrow Wilson, 63-62, and then a loss to Radford, Virginia. But uh, just just tell me a little bit about how, in your opinion, this season has gone. I mean, 11-6, and having had a, a long winning streak, having been 11-4 at one point, got to be happy with where your team stands right now. Very happy where we're at. Uh, you know, we had a couple losses to Bluefield, which is nothing to uh, be ashamed of. Uh, lost the last two, but as you said, one one point to Woodrow in the Big Atlantic final at you know at Woodrow's home court. So again, not not anything to be ashamed of. And if you don't know anything about Radford, you know they're twenty three and zero, and they knocked off the four A state champions who were also undefeated at the time, and they 
you know, they beat Greenbrier East by 40 earlier. So, you know, th- those losses, while we, you know, <laughs> no one wants losses, and there's really probably no such thing as good losses. You know, I'm, I wasn't too disappointed. We were in both those games. Uh, you know, we, we, Bradford, it was tied at the half. And, uh, you know, we, we, we tend to sleep for about a quarter, unfortunately, in our losses. So uh, we got to figure out how to get four quarters straight in, in some games like that. Coach, you mentioned it, uh, uh, the, the Woodrow-Wilson game uh, last uh, uh, weekend. Uh, you know, you, you lose by a point, and, you, of course, you mentioned that you were in their house. That's got to be really encouraging for the fact, you know, you're going to have to face these guys to, to advance Charleston down the road. And, uh, I mean, uh, you guys just uh, went toe-to-toe with them in that contest. Yeah, we fought back. You know, we had, again, one of those quarters where we didn't really play very well, so we – you know, we showed some tenacity and, and maturity and, and played uh, the fourth quarter really good. Uh, so we're very confident. Uh, you know, we really think we could we could make a run, and then if things fall right, we could be up, you know, in Charleston later in the year. We also realize that, you know, if we don't play uh, good basketball, we could be out in the sectionals as well. Three home games coming up this week for Princeton against Buchanan Upshur tomorrow, a game with Greenbrier East and also with Pike View. Uh, next week. Coach Williams, thanks so much for joining us and wish you and the Tigers best of luck moving forward. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate you guys. All right, that's Rob Williams, head coach of the Princeton Tigers. And let's go right back to the phone lines. Quickly, Johnny Williamson is the head coach of the Chapmanville Regional Girls Basketball Team. They picked up a 58-40 win at the Logan Fieldhouse last night, uh, Willie Acres Arena. And uh, Coach in Region 4, where the top teams are separated by so small of a margin from each other, I think your team's playing as well as anybody right now. Well, thanks, you guys, for having us on. Uh, I think we're playing really well. Uh, we played a brutal schedule this year. We played uh, three AAA schools. We played a 5A school out of Kentucky and North Laurel. So we've got five losses, but only one to a double-A school, and that was at Wayne, uh, who was in the state tournament last year. So... I'm really proud of uh, of my girls and where they're at. Uh, Cardinal Conference is probably one of the toughest conferences in the state, and uh, right now we're tied in first place with Winfield. So I like where we're at and, and how we're playing right now. We have five seniors. We had two girls this week, just uh, retro milestones. Uh, you don't have too many 1,000-point girl scorers in the state of West Virginia, and we had two. We got one Monday and uh, and one Tuesday at Sissonville. So and pretty that- good uh, Pretty good week. And Madison um, Webb, a former standout athlete of the week, Kaylee Blair, both going over 1,000 points. That's a fantastic weekend to go along with uh, a couple of, uh, or excuse me, a big win last night uh, over a sectional rival in, in Logan. Also, obviously, the county rivalry and everything that goes with that. Also, had a big win over Sissonville last week. And uh, coming up for Chapmanville, just two games left in the, or three games left in the regular season games at home with Polka and Mingo Central and a game at Winfield. Coach Johnny Williamson, sorry to cut short. We're right up against the break. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. All right. And, uh, again, Coach uh, Williamson, so so happy that he was able to join us. We've got to step aside, though. But they, they just had an outstanding week. I mean, with the big win last night, two players. That's that You don't hear that of two players on the same team scoring 1,000 career points. Within a week. Yeah. They, they topped it. That, that's fantastic. Uh, very happy for them. Congratulations to them. We've got to step aside take a break. We'll be back with much more of Must Listen Radio. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
scores online, all of them in West Virginia. Visit basketballnight.com. We're streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. You can visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that's called, sent texts, tweets, and emails, and throughout the week, too. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call toll-free 1-855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can text the show at 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Don't forget our poll question. Head over to our website, vote in this week's poll. And a shout-out to our newest Twitter followers, including Stephanie Elmas, William Phillips, and Presley. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 9.45 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, February the 8th, 2019. Show 10 of 15 of this basketball season. It's unbelievable how fast this season has been flying by. Our next guest... um, has two titles that, that we that we call him. Um, most people would just refer to him as the governor of the great state of West Virginia. We call him Coach because he's also the coach of the Greenbrier East girls basketball team. Uh, coach Jim Justice, also the governor of West Virginia, taking time out to join us tonight. Coach, welcome to the program. Oh, guys, thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Several things to talk with you about tonight. First, I want to talk about a situation from a week ago in the Big Atlantic Classic with your girls' basketball team uh, having uh, you know, just been through a very good ball game um, a week, like I said, a week ago. And uh, it was a ball game with Martinsburg that you won 60-55, to but it was what happened after that ball game that really kind of stopped many people in the state of West Virginia for just a little bit. Tell me about when you heard about the Martinsburg bus crash and uh, what you were able to do to – Help those kids and uh, parents and everyone who was involved out. Well, I mean, what happened was, uh, you know, we we finished the game and it was a tough game. I mean, uh, Martinsburg's got a nice team, and I, I 
Franklin didn't think we played very well, but they probably think they didn't play very well too because <laughs> both teams both teams made a lot of mistakes and game was tied with 30 seconds to go and you know we just uh, happened to have the ball and, and ran a decent play and scored and, and ended up winning the game. But then I left you know immediately and uh, right after the game was over and and I made it home and you know and and. And I was, you know, just kind of sitting here just probably 30 minutes or 20 minutes after I got home. And, you know, and Mo Ball, who's like a tournament director, one of the tournament directors, you know, called and said, you know, uh, Coach, we got a really bad situation. The uh, Martinsburg bus just flipped over, and we don't really know what's what. And, I, you know, I, I started, you know, grabbing clothes and everything else and call, you know, getting ready to head that back that way and then they called and said there's no way you can get here. It's, it's impossible to get and I said, listen, I I can get to the to the site. Mm-hmm. I mean that's all there is to it. And then then the word came that they, you know, that they had everybody out except, you know, there was two kids that they had to or two people that they had to basically cut out of the wreck and uh and everybody was on the way everywhere. They had airlifted one kid to Charleston, and uh, and they felt like one of the coaches, one of the early things was one of the coaches, you know, had some uh, critical in- injuries. And so so from that, then all of a sudden, you know, I've got people at two hospitals, and everybody's calling me from the, from the governor's, you know, office and everything else and all over the state. Manny, Manny Arvon is calling me from from Berkeley County, and he's the superintendent of schools there, and, you know, man, he's a wonderful guy and all that, and, you know, and there's just so much dialogue going on back and forth. You know, I'm best serving everybody to be on the phone and kind of be the the leader of the band and make sure. So we got the state police to take the uh, the coach to Charleston, you know, to, for the kid, to, you know, the kid that was airlifted in Charleston, and and then we got the Glade Springs people to send two of their courtesy buses, one to each one of the hospitals, to pick up kids and and then get them in a place, you know, where they could, you know, the, all the Glade Springs staff stayed, all the kitchen people and everything, you know, stayed way up in the wee hours of the morning, got the kids fed, and, and they, the people at Glade Springs did a wonderful job. All of our term, my personal doctor was at, at, at the Appalachian Regional Hospital with these kids and with these families and all that, or, or the kids, you know, primarily. There was a couple of family members, I think, Raleigh General, but the, the long and short of it was, by the grace of God, you know, because the first thing that came to me was from the Raleigh County Sheriff, you know, and uh, Scott Van Meter, and he was talking through Mo Ball, who was on the ground there, and the first words were, you know, from the sheriff, how many are dead? And so it was just that scary and that tragic. I think what's happened is we've we've got one kid with a shattered elbow, another kid with a hand injury. We've got a few, you know, that are on concussion watches and everything, and and some other bumps and bruises. But other than that, everybody's okay. The Martinsburg team called me from Martinsburg from school on Tuesday and uh but it's just 
we're just really blessed by a miracle from God that, you know, something, it wasn't really bad. So we're very, very fortunate. We, we had a lot, a lot of people on the scene, Rebecca Blaine, and, and it just, you know, from our office and Mobile and Ray Carey and just, and my doctor, like I said, and just so many different people. It's just unfair that we, you know, wouldn't be able to name them all, but, uh, you know, just so many jumped in and, 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 and we pulled it off and, uh, and, but, uh, we didn't do anything more than facilitate things that, uh, the good Lord pulled kids and everybody not getting really hurt really bad. Governor, uh, uh, we had Trent Sherman, the principal from, uh, Martinsburg on earlier this hour. And he said that the, the response from around the state has still been coming to them all week. And, you know, we, we discussed the fact that th- this was West Virginia at its finest. And, you know, it kind of shows, and we, we talk about it on this show a lot, when, when when there's trouble, when there is problems, West Virginians are a family. And, and boy, we, we do come together in a time of, that it's trying, that's for sure. Well, I've said it 10 million times. I've said it, you couldn't have said it any better. It's just simply that, you know, I, I, you know, the people on the outside of this state will never, ever really know how good the people of West Virginia are and how much that we are always on call. You know, I mean, I just got through doing a Veterans Visibility Day where 10% of our population are veterans. I mean, for crying out loud, we are always there for everyone. And so, so, uh, None of this surprised me. I mean, any and everybody was, you know, rushing to the scene. Everybody, everybody was running to the fire. So, uh, so it's just, uh, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling to be the governor of a of a bunch of people that are just the best of the best. Well, and, and let's let's talk a little bit about your basketball team. I mean, your girls are eighteen and one on the season. Had a couple of very close games here. Uh, recently, including a, a very tight win, 46-44 over Woodrow Wilson uh, earlier this week. Again, that five-point win over Martinsburg, as you mentioned, that game was right down to the wire as well. Um, your team has been winning close games and winning all of them, basically, to this point. Well, you're kind in 18-1. We're really 18-2. Yeah. We lost to St. Joe, and we also lost to the team that Max Pratt said had ranked number one in the state of North Carolina. At least that's what we were told. We lost to them by two points in that tournament down at Disney. But, uh, but you know, a good game. Four of our starters fouled out. You know, I was pretty wild that game. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but really, uh, kids have been playing well. There's, there's, there's several really good teams in the state. You know, unfortunately, we've got four of them in our region, and only two of us can go. I think four in the top eight in the in the state right now. You know, in that uh, we've got South Charleston, GW, us, and Woodrow, and all four quality good teams. So, so there's there's several good teams around, and uh, you know, sometimes it's really tough to win the games on the road, and 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 fortunately, we've come out on the long end of the stick on on the close ones for the most part, but, uh, but we, you know, we, we're, we've, we've got, you know, we, we're still a young team, but, uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, our kids really, you know, really are playing really great defense and, and, you know, there's some games that, uh, we've got great shooters. Some, some games they shoot the ball really well. 
sometimes we just don't shoot it very well. We shot, you know, I think we shot 8% on our three-point attempts against Woodrow, and and that's just not what we're supposed to do. Well, Coach, we have about two minutes left here, so I'm going to try to uh, work through this very quickly. First, uh, a little bit of fun. I understand your team has a fashion show coming up this weekend. Did I hear that right? Well, you did hear it right. <laughs> we, do, we do this every other year, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really just a fun night and everything. You know, we, we have a really nice meal, and, and, uh, and it's, it's a really neat thing. The kids have a big time with it, and, and you know, the, there's the, you know they, they probably learn a little bit, and they get an opportunity to be real, real, real pretty, along with being really good athletes. And so, it's a nice night, and it's just, it's just one of the other things we do, you know, to, to try to make this experience the best they can possibly, you know, be for these kids. But, uh, you know, Lewisburg was named the, the the coolest small town in the United States, and yeah. this is back to Mayberry, and it's a it's a neat it's a neat night. It really is. Coach, we are right up against it here. we got one minute, and I know this question is a very open-ended question. I apologize for holding it to the end. But uh, obviously with the education reform bill that's been uh, working its way through the legislature, still being amended, um, you know, that, that process takes a while. It's not a final bill that's up for vote just yet. But uh, I do know that there have been concerns about how charter schools would fit in. Um, I know you have spoken that as it was originally, uh, you would not sign it. Uh, again, 30 seconds here. Uh, qu- I hate to do that to you. That's not enough time to talk about it. I apologize. We just, uh, I'm not going to do that to you. It's too short. Well, let me just say this. I, I, I do believe by the time this bill gets out, you know, everybody, you know, there, there's, there's so much skepticism and so much worry. I think everybody needs to just relax. It's going to be okay. Everything will be okay here. And, uh, we all want education to be better, and let's just say everybody's heart's in the right spot, and I hope to goodness that, that, that it's that way. But at the end of the day, everybody knows where I stand, and, and, uh, and so we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Governor Justice, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck the rest of the season as well. All right, that is Governor Jim Justice, the head coach of the Greenbrier East girls basketball team. We've got to step aside take a break. Wow, that happened very quickly. Yeah. We'll have more basketball Friday night, hour two. <laughs> After this on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, including... 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC in Matewan. Also, a big thank you out to 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville. Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel. Singing News Radio 92.5 FM, WTHM LP, Ravenswood Ripley. Knights Radio 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio WRNR, Martinsburg. 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside, 
106.7 FM. 95, the Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan. Lightbrock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay, and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Proud supporter of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum honors the father of black history and proudly serves as a forum for issues of importance to Marshall University in the tri-state area. Please visit www.marshall.edu slash Woodson Lyceum. That's all one word, Woodson Lyceum, W-O-O-D-S-O-N-L-Y-C-E-U-M. And follow our tweets for major events during February including the story behind the new and popular African-American Museum in Washington on February 19th. Educators will find information about a summer institute for West Virginia teachers, and students will learn about a summer workshop for them, all at www.marshall.edu slash Woodson Lyceum. The Lyceum was founded in 2016 by the Drinko Academy and the School of Journalism and Mass Communications. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 10.01 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Bill Cornwell back for hour two of the program. Um, we're going to do a scoreboard in just a second before we do that. Um, you know, Governor Jim Justice taking time out to talk basketball, to talk uh, something that was bigger than the sport last week in terms of the Martinsburg girls bus crash. Again, his team had just played them right. just, yeah. you know, Hour, an hour or so earlier, he coached against those girls. So, uh, I mean, it, it was really uh, something the way that this state came together in a, in a hurry. And again, not surprising because that's what this state does. Um, and also, you know, not to get lost in the shuffle, his, his girls' basketball team is really good. They 18 are. And 2 now. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he's had some good teams in the past, but this may be one of the best teams he's ever coached down there. He, he did have a, a state championship a few years ago. Um, and they, when they beat Bridgeport in, in the AAA title game, uh, right before Bridgeport dropped to AA and won the AA title the next year, uh, with uh, Mickey Glenn was the uh, star for Bridgeport then, and, and Greenbrier East beat them in a, in a championship game. And um, you know, I still remember also from the next year uh, when Morgantown um, unseated them that uh, there was this there was one picture in particular. Greenbrier East had a six five girl that year. And uh, Olivia Seggy, who played at Morgantown, was about five foot 
five. <laughs> yeah. Generously, maybe. <laughs> little, yeah. And there's a shot of her taking a little floater up over the the six five girl and it going in. Like that was the epitome of that run for Morgantown. So uh, you know that was a tough block. Greenbrier East could have easily won it all that year too. They had a team that that was the caliber to win it all. And uh, you know, point being that you know the governor of West Virginia just took time out to talk with us, and that's just really yeah. really neat. And, and he's a friend of the show, and he's he's been matter of fact, he even gave us a little commendation a couple of years ago. Uh, he's uh, so uh, supportive of the show, and we appreciate him. And uh, you know, boy, what a what a I love the way that he and others responded, and it is like you know he as his job as governor. Believe me, on a Saturday night after he's coached a basketball game, he gets home to Lewisburg. He wants to sit down, and relax, and he gets that call, and the, the call that we all dread, and uh, and he he jumps right at it, and and it's fortunate in his case that he uh, has the the resources where he can call one of his properties, Glade Springs, and say you know take care of these people and. And that was so generous of him. And the staff is, like like he said, the, the staff stayed overtime to take care of the Martinsburg folks. And I'll guarantee you, once that staff knew what they, you know, what had happened and why they were being asked to stay, not a second thought, not, not a, a question. No. Jump to service and do it. Nope. And, and what impressed me was he said, I'm up getting my clothes on. He was wanting to go back to the scene to make sure, you know, to do whatever he could to, to help those kids. I mean, that's just how passionate he is, not only for West Virginia, but, you know, for high schools, for, for you know, students that could have possibly, you know, been a very terrible situation, which it was. But you know, he wanted to be there to, yeah. to, to be hands-on. Yeah. And on a Friday night, he called us. Fantastic. Love it. Uh, we've got a couple of phone calls that we'll get to in just a moment. And we're talking about two of the best rivalries in West Virginia were played tonight. And I can't wait to talk with both Dave Morrison and James Barker about Westside Wyoming East. To the rest of the state this particular year, maybe not as big of a game as in the past. I guarantee you, the people in Wyoming County, they don't care what the records are when those two play. Exactly. And, uh, of course, uh, James Barker, WVOW, had the uh, Logan-Chapmanville game at the Logan Fieldhouse. They had a full house there, and I look forward to talking with him about that game at Willie Acres Arena tonight. But first, it's time for a Marshall University School of uh, Sports Journalism. I haven't done this in a while. Let me try this again. <laughs> a Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Just like riding the bike. <laughs> Although I fell the first time. Uh, Joe, why don't you do the boys' scores, and we'll have uh, Bill give the girls' scores tonight. All right, taking a look at the uh, boys' games from across the state of West Virginia. It was the West Virginia School of the Deaf falling. Well, actually, they knocked off the New York School for the Deaf by a score of 42-33. That was a ESDAA tournament game played in Rochester, uh, New York. It was Doddridge County falling to East Hardy tonight, 63-47. Frankfurt, the Falcons over Allegheny, Maryland, 81-38. This was a close one. It was Cameron knocking off Magnolia tonight by a score of 66-60. to Nicholas County goes to 11-5 on the season as they pick up a big win tonight over Tug Valley. The final score in that one was 85-73. George Washington, the Patriots, knocked off Capitol 79-62. In that game we're going to talk more about here in just a minute in front of a packed house on uh, the island at Willie Acres Arena. The Chapmanville Tigers coming in at number one, knocks off number three, Logan, 59-53. It was Oak Hill over Charleston Catholic, 58-52, and another close one. 
Here's one even tighter than that. Hedgesville knocks off Spring Mills, 56-55. It was Spring Valley over Huntington High, 58-43. Woodrow Wilson defeats Hurricane, 61-51. It was Jefferson, the Cougars over the Washington Patriots, 52-46. John Marshall over St. Clairsville, Ohio tonight by a score of 83-71. Midland Trail, the winners tonight over Richwood, 50-44. It was Domingo Central Miners knocking off the Wayne Pioneers by a score of 56-54. Whaling Park falls to Morgantown, 55-52. It was Martinsburg over Musselman, 64-50. St. Albans continues uh, on a streak as they defeat Parkersburg, 63-57. Parkersburg Catholic knocks off Ravenswood tonight, 50-43. It was Parkersburg South over the Ripley Vikings, 69-54. Pikeview, the Panthers over James Monroe, 71-63. It was the Polka Dots over the Sissonville Indians, 65-56. The Riverside Warriors picks up a win tonight over South Charleston, 64-60. Webster Springs goes to 8. 8- and 0 with a victory tonight over Roan County 72-62. Bluefield the Beavers go to 13 and 2 on the season with a win over Shady Springs 74-70. Valley Fayette the Greyhounds over the Sherman Tide tonight 77-54. And that uh, battle we talked about in Wyoming County it was Wyoming East over West Side 75-58. It was the Harmon Panthers over the 100 Hornets. 52, actually, they're showing that one. Okay, now we're showing a 52 48, uh, that game going to Harmon. And finally, it was the Grafton Bearcats over Berkeley Springs tonight, 64 57. On the girls' side, uh, Grafton and Berkeley Springs, ironically, played the girls' side. And Grafton gets the win tonight over Berkeley Springs, 67 28. Richwood falls to Mountview, 83 26. Mapletown, Pennsylvania, over 100. 55 to 20. Wahama beats Van 60 to 46. Um, surprise here. Huntington St. Joe Irish fall to Hamilton Heights, Tennessee 60 to 49. Hamilton Heights, Tennessee was ranked 16th in the country, in the country. by Max Preps going into that game. Exactly. Trinity Christian takes your, uh, actually, end of the first quarter. Uh, Trinity Christian over uh, Clay Mattel 15 9. Final uh, Charleston Catholic falls to Valley Fayette. 52-44 in the Hardwood Classic. Moorfield over East Hardy, 56-16. Uh, Tigers Valley beat Clarksburg Notre Dame, 52-44. Wayne a winner over Sissonville tonight, 49-44. Preston beats Laurel Highlands, 72-64. Greenbrier West falling to Midland Trail tonight, 55-34. Uh, it was Capital over Riverview, 46-39. Fairmont Senior over East Fairmont, 92-31. Big-time score there. Lincoln County gets a win over the Sherman Tide, 71-70. Lincoln County was down 18 earlier in that game and came back to get the victory. Montcalm Falls to Summers County, 59-45. Frankfurt over Phillip Barber, 81-32. James Monroe Falls to Pikeview, 66-49. Finally, Tucker County beats Petersburg 63-54. A lot of uh, good games there. I was at that Wayne Sissonville game. We'll talk more about that 
uh, a little bit later on. Uh, a, a really hard-fought game. It wasn't pretty, but it was uh, very entertaining. And uh, two two teams that just duked it out there. They were combined 32-6 and six going into that game, and you could see why when they uh, took the floor there tonight at Pioneer Gym. Wayne gets the win. But uh, the big game tonight in terms of a rivalry, in terms of sectional seeding, yes, that's still important at this point as well. And in terms of trying to figure out the hierarchy of boys class double-A basketball was Chapmanville defeating Logan tonight at Willie Akers Arena. James Barker, WVOW, was on the call. And James, the game was important, but before that, what an atmosphere tonight in Logan. Absolutely, Ryan. Uh, Over 3,000 people in attendance to watch the game. They actually put seating up on the stage. If you've been to the Fieldhouse, they had... Uh, chairs that they put up on the stage for people to watch the game there. Uh, we had over uh, a thousand people at one point watching on Facebook Live uh, on the video productions broadcast. So you, you had an atmosphere at, at Willie Acres Arena that it harkened back to the days of the 60s when uh, Logan and Williamson would play. It was just an amazing thing to, to watch. And, and when Logan came back there in the third quarter, you could uh, kind of feel the ghosts in the field house start to come alive. We'll talk much more about this game in just a second, but you just touched on something that I was going to bring up. Earlier this week, uh, I, I came across, uh, thanks to my good buddy Jimmy Morgan, who does stats at uh, Huntington High, um, on YouTube, and I, I encourage everyone to look this up. Logan and Williamson, the 1981 sectional championship game, uh, AAA's Region 8 uh, championship game, uh, sectional championship game. Watch that. Because uh, that was a Williamson team that only lost one game that year. It was in the state championship game. I'll get to that in a moment. But they were playing Logan in that championship game, in the sectional title game. And it is full. It looks like a major college atmosphere. And that's just something that you you don't get. I'm sorry, in today's design gyms, it it all looks a little sterile to me. But in that uh, that Logan Fieldhouse was rocking. That's where the history is. I encourage everyone to take a look at that. Speedy Bevins had the call of that ball game. Uh, Mark Klein was playing for yeah. Williamson. Chris Herbert was playing for Logan. Just, just I, I, was, I saw that this week, too. Just unbelievable the names you were hearing in that game. Yeah, and, and you know, Mark Klein would eventually go on, now an assistant coach at Marshall, and he helped recruit you know, Jared West, who uh, was at Clarksburg and the son of WVU great Jared West. Uh, also, you had, uh, you know, he helped recruit John Elmore and, and a player for Princeton who beat that Williamson team in Charleston in the 1981 AAA title game was Mike Eads, mm-hmm. who is a major Division One basketball official yeah. whose son Anthony was on a pair of title teams at Bluefield <laughs> earlier in the decade. Wow. It all ties together, <laughs> folks. That's what I'm getting at. And uh, sorry, James, I had to have, I had to take a, a minute there to just kind of bring it all in. Oh, any. Any any time, Ron. I mean, I, I think when you when you look back at all those old films and you see the the small communities that that are here in West Virginia, just kind of expand through throughout the the world here today, and then in college basketball and uh, all kinds of places. Uh, I think yeah, I think it's interesting to look back at all. All right, let's talk about that game tonight, Logan and Chapmanville. <laughs> good, good ball game tonight. Let's not get that lost in the in the shuffle here. Yeah, Ryan, it really was a good game. Uh, Chapmanville came out on fire in the first quarter. He had five threes from the outside, and and it really looked like they might run away with this game after about the first 12 minutes of the game. Uh, Logan hung in 
uh, able to keep it close in the halftime. Uh, Chapmanville led by 14 at halftime. And then the Wildcats go on a 10-0 run to start the third quarter of play, uh, fueled by David Early and then Drew Hatfield. Um, and it was just nip and tuck the rest of the way. Uh, Chapmanville never relinquished a three-point lead throughout, however, as, as Logan just could not get any closer than three points. But when Logan was on that 10-0 run, again, the, the field house was just amazing to listen to. It, it was just like uh, old times in, in Logan. Uh, but credit Chapmanville, they were able to hang in there. Uh, they took the, the best punches Logan could throw tonight and were able to come away with that six-point victory. Hey, James, uh, just for your information, at one time there was over 1,500 people watching that video feed. Uh, Bill Cornwell and myself were sitting here in the studio. Uh, we were right there with you, my friend, and I, I'm impressed as how you kept Chris Kidd in check tonight. But but my question <laughs> is, what what was the difference between this game and the last game other than the atmosphere? I thought the atmosphere was a hundred times better tonight because just you know you could hear the cheering back and forth between the two teams. But but what was the difference in the game? Well, you know, for Logan to beat Chapmanville, they're going to need some of those other role players to step up uh, in, in the game if, if they would play a third time in that in that third game. Um, I thought when Drew Hatfield got going in the third quarter, that really helped Logan. You could see their offense start to take that extra step. Um, to try to beat Chapmanville. And, and when Drew Hatfield's playing really well, Logan's going to be a very tough team for anybody to, to beat. Um, it was really that first quarter of play, that first 12 minutes, Chapmanville got up to that big lead, hit some big shots from the outside. The first matchup between Chapmanville and Logan, Chapmanville only shot three of 16 from three. And if you've watched Chapmanville this year, you know that they shoot the three pretty well from the outside. Uh, Jordan Kish was shooting over 40% heading into that first matchup, and he went 0 for 4 from 3 in that first matchup. He had a couple shots from the outside tonight that helped Chapmanville kind of build that lead in the first half that they would never relinquish. What a ball game tonight. Chapmanville jumped out to a big lead. Logan came back but could not get over the hump as the Tigers, the reigning state champions, county champions for now, also with a 59-53 win over Logan. James, I know that taking uh, doing a broadcast of that magnitude will take a lot out of it. You enjoy your Friday night, sir. Ryan, it's uh, good to hear you. I'm, I'm glad you're feeling better and glad you're back. And You know, Joe, those uh, 1,500 people that, that listen to Chris and I on the broadcast, if I could only get my wife to listen to me. Like <laughs> oh, man. I kind of know the feeling. So <laughs> I have a feeling she doesn't know you just said that either. Uh, I hope not because I'll be in big trouble. When She's I probably her. listening now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Someone's going to let her right? Someone's going to let her know. <laughs> hey, James, thanks so much. All right, guys. Thank you. Take care. That's James Barker, WVOW. Had the call of Chapmanville's win tonight at Logan. We've got to step aside take a break. When we come back, Dave Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com. Was that another big rivalry game tonight? That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. 
Marshall sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. Is it time for you to get in the game? Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an ever-expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more by going to marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're glad you joined us tonight. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Make sure you tweet us your team scores. Give us your comments on the game. And also, if you got pictures, send them to us and we'll feature them in our video feed. Send them to us by Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. You can also send them through our Facebook page. You can also email us scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. And if you got a score to send us, you can send it by text also. You can text 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. You can text your scores there. Shout out to some of our latest Twitter followers, including Nick Merritt, Coach Dempsey, Jennifer Farley, and Hunter Atkins. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Thanks for joining Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville. Happy to have you here with us tonight. We'll talk with Dave Morrison in just a moment. But first, want to... Can you tell me a little bit about our standout athlete of the week? He is Tyler Gray of Webster County High School, a senior. Uh, he's a young man who's played significant minutes throughout his four-year career with the Highlanders. They're having a phenomenal season, uh, a season that is not only worthy of praise, but the type of season that is remembered in a small town or a small community. Yes, Webster County is geographically a little spread out with one school in the county, but uh, so they're having the type of season right now that they'll talk about for years. 18-0 and 0 right now are the Highlanders. Um, and, and for Tyler Gray, this actually kind of runs in the family a bit. He is the second member of his family to be a standout athlete of the week. His brother Dalton Gray was uh, one of our recipients a couple of years ago. Um, from uh, you know, Tyler Gray is, is a leader, a young man who has taken – this Highlanders team on his shoulders and helped carry them to a fantastic start for the season. And let's just say when the game is over, the coaching doesn't end. His father is the head coach <laughs> of the Western <laughs> County Highlanders. And uh, it's always interesting how that dynamic works. Some don't talk about the game. Some talk extensively about the games uh, when they're in a home setting and separating that, that parent-coach uh, relationship. It's always fascinating to see how that's done. And earlier this week, our special correspondent, Andrew Rogers, was able to catch up with our standout athlete of the week, Tyler Gray of Webster County. 
Since last season's state tournament quarterfinal loss, the single-A Webster County Highlanders are still undefeated this season at 17-0 and are one of two remaining teams without a loss in the state of West Virginia, with AAA Martinsburg being the other team. A reason for the team's success this season has been on the shoulders of point guard Tyler Gray. Tyler's caring heart and his team-first mentality are what makes him this week's standout athlete of the week. Gray averages approximately 16 points per game along with 5 steals and 5 assists. After a lopsided state quarterfinal game last season, the Highlanders wanted to improve its schedule to show it belonged as one of the elite teams in Class Single A. The number 3 ranked Highlanders' biggest win of the season was back on January 21st in the MLK Showcase against a Trinity Warriors team that made it to the state semifinals last season. But Gray knew coming into this season it wasn't going to take a total team effort to return to Charleston where his team wants to finish the season the right way. And we uh, circled Trinity and we scouted them well and we, uh, in practice, we were like, uh, we had to come as a team just to beat them. And now it's just getting back to state just like we did last year and then sharing actually like what we can do instead of just not showing up and not playing our game and just trying to make it back to the Civic Center. Like I said, we're all family. We're, uh, we're all just brothers on the court, man. It's just, it's just awesome playing with all these kids. Uh, it's like, it's literally just, it's been amazing. It's just like every time you go out there, you know that if you all play together and you all work, it's just like you're going to have fun, you're going to win. Not only does Gray have fun playing with his teammates, he also enjoys playing for his head coach. Interestingly enough, Gray's father, Michael, is the coach for the Highlanders. Since Tyler began playing basketball in third grade, his father has been his coach throughout. Tyler says he and his father have a solid relationship as player and coach. It's just awesome playing for Dad. Uh, of course, he growing up, he was with me all the way, so kind of like a gym rat growing up just always late night workouts and stuff like that but it's hard I'm not gonna say it's hard but it's definitely hard uh but we uh kind of sunned out at home and then coach player on the court so it's not it's not more of a struggle it's just more of just little stuff and then getting over that and just playing playing basketball really father and head coach michael gray says he has enjoyed guiding his son throughout the years and that tyler is having a significant impact on this year's highlander squad uh, it's been a blessing, Coach Tyler. He's a he's a great kid. He he uh, does all the right things. Uh, you know, he's he's good good for the team. Uh, it's just over the years, I've been able to coach him since he's been young. So I've been able to follow him up through grade school and middle school and into high school. And uh, it's been a lot of fun coaching him. You know, he's well rounded, just not in one aspect, but in in the whole game. So that's his big contribution to the team is he can do just about anything. When Gray is not leading the Highlanders on the hardwood, he is heavily involved with a Christian group for teams called Young Life. Tyler's mother, Tisha, says his kindness and concern for others is demonstrated more so through this group. The kind kid, he's in Young Life, it's a Christian group. Uh, They said that he's always the kid that is always reaching out to other kids. If there's a kid by themselves, Tyler's with that kid trying to bring him into the group. That's just the type of kid he is. That's the kind of team player he is, too. Gray says that he enjoys being involved with Young Life because the group provides him with opportunities outside his circle of friends and teammates. Uh, you get to meet a lot of kids that you don't ever see at school, which is really nice. Um, you get to hear our Young Life leader, uh, we have fun, we sing, we do stuff like that, and at the end of the day we'll end with like a little, he preaches a little bit, and it's just fun uh, get, meeting all these kids and getting them out of the house. Gray and the Highlanders will attempt to stay undefeated throughout the remainder of the regular season and then try to clinch another berth in the state tournament in March. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Andrew Rogers. Thanks so much, Andrew, and again, congratulations to our standout athlete of the week.
Uh, let's go right back to the phones right now. Dave Morrison, sports journalist, superdaysports.com. <laughs> he had the Wyoming East West Side Boys game, the triumphant return <laughs> of Super Dave. Dave Morrison. Good to have you back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I say that because I'm the one who's been off the show, not you. Well, I was going to say, who's the new guy? Who's the new guy on here? I'm afraid Bo may have given me a two-week suspension or something for teeing me up here. <laughs> Resident referee, you can't trust those guys. Oh, we did have an ejection in my game tonight, a fan during the JV game. I was going to say, it wasn't you, I hope. <laughs> No, it was no, it wasn't me. I stayed near the door. <laughs> well, they don't, they don't take long to get that? into it, do they? JV game. JV game. Nobody actually got uh, thrown out during the uh, varsity game, and uh, actually, it turned into it turned out to be not really a close game after the second quarter. Wyoming East used their defense, something that uh, Derek Brooks stresses. I guess all coaches stress defense. They really. Take some pride in it there at Wyoming East. I think they were able to to uh, use some turnovers, space out that lead a little bit. I think it was twenty to ten uh, advantage Wyoming East there in the second quarter, then the third quarter, and something that really something I have honed in on because uh, you don't see this very often. R.J. Hood, who formerly went to Westside, had four three pointers in the third quarter. Had a had an opportunity for two four point plays. You know, four-point play, you might see four or five of those a year. He had the opportunity for two in the third, did make one of those four three-pointers, and that really kind of put the game out of reach for a very young, inexperienced Westside team. Uh, got some good experience tonight, obviously, playing before yet another stand-up, standing-room-only crowd. I, I know the Logan Chapville is probably in the rankings a little more important at the moment if you follow the rankings, and uh, you got to think – both of those teams have an opportunity to win a state championship. But, of course, in Wyoming County, there was no other game. I don't even think they knew there were other games going on, on around the state. Everybody was just honed in on this game. Uh, Wyoming East gets the win on the parquet in New Richmond. and uh, 75-58. Uh, yeah, been a big, it's been a nice week for them. And you talk about how you know records can be deceiving. Uh, they blew out St. Albans earlier this week, who has been – playing pretty well within yes. the MSAC. I mean, Wyoming East, I uh, don't know if I want to draw them in the postseason. Well, I tell you what, I, it's, <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time, and I like to kind of fool around with the seedings. Obviously, the coaches will handle that at the end of the year, and I'm sure that, you know they don't need my help. But uh, I like to <laughs> fool around with the seedings. I did it yesterday. I think I went, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Shady Spring, um, Wyoming East, Oak Hill, and Bluefield. Now, at the beginning of the week, I would have had Bluefield all the way up to number two. Bluefield struggling a little bit. Lost to James Monroe. Lost to Oak Hill last night. Very important game there last night here in the region. Well, tonight they go to Shady Spring, the team that uh, I think has been the most consistent. And they beat Shady Spring by, I think, 14, 74, 60, I believe was the final on that game. I could not rank this region. I think if you look at the other regions, Chapmanville, obviously, head and shoulders above everyone else. They got the two big wins over a very good Logan team. Fairmont, probably the tops in their region. Here, you go one for four, and I talked to Shane Jenkins, or Sean Jenkins, rather, the West Side coach, and Derek Brooks, the Wyoming East coach. I said, you know, could you guys see this? And what, without putting a little thought into it, it would be very hard right now for me to sit down. The difference between one and four is that close, and you're right. 
Wyoming East playing very good basketball. They've won four or five now, including a 20-point win over Oak Hill. Now, I was talking about this season. Shady Spring has lost to Bluefield twice. Oak Hill has a win over Bluefield. Wyoming East beat Oak Hill by 20 points in the Big Atlantic. But uh, Oak Hill did win down here by one on a last-second steal and uh, laying by Andrew Work. So, you know, it's, it's, it's as crazy as I've seen it since Shady, Bluefield, or rather Oak Hill. And, yeah, Bluefield were ranked one, two, and three in the state, same section. I think that was probably ten years ago. Big games coming up down the stretch. Next week we've got Wyoming East and Shady Spring. We've got Oak Hill and Wyoming East. Um yeah, I think that's probably just going to muddy the already waters that you can't see through as is in that region because, I, like you said, I, I think that's a – I don't think you can necessarily see them wrong. And I'm not sure you can see them right either. Well, well, yeah, that's exactly it, right? I don't think if, – if you put Wyoming East, a 9-10 team at the top, who can really argue with it by what's going on? Can Shady argue about it? Well, they do have two wins over Wyoming East, but then they lost to Bluefield twice. Bluefield, Oak Hill is beating Bluefield. You're right, one through four, I think you're not going to be wrong, but there's three three teams that are probably going to say you aren't right. <laughs> Always a good time. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, Again, there's there, there's nothing like Wyoming East and Westside. Even, I'm not putting it above any other game, just saying that they're all unique in their own rivalries and, and, and how they work out. Thanks so much for joining us. And, I know you had a good time tonight with that one. Okay. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. That's Dave Morrison, com. Check that out. It got Region 3 on lockdown there. Like he said, who knows how you would see them at this point. Yeah, we've still got a little bit to play, but uh, I think he's got a pretty good handle on it there as far as his provisional ranking. Absolutely. It should be a, a fun time to watch how that plays out, and those scenes will matter. we got to step aside. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we will talk with a professional basketball player who's from West Virginia. Started right here in the Mountain State. Worked his way up through a, a couple of colleges on different levels. Is now playing professionally overseas. That's when Basketball Friday Night continues after this on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Congratulations tonight to Tyler Gray, Webster County Highlanders. Tyler joins R.J. Klein from the Sherman Tide, Jesse Muncie, Tulsa Rebels, Anna Hamilton, Nicholas County Grizzlies, Jordan Kiss, Chapmanville Tigers, Madison Blankenship, Riverview Raiders, and Marley Washinitz. Fairmont Senior Polar Bears and Taylor Dunford from the Montcom Generals. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Day in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You could nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Congratulations again tonight to Tyler Gray 
from the Webster County Highlanders. The Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, Standout Athlete of the Week. Thanks for joining us tonight. Join us on Twitter, of course, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Don't forget to also vote in this week's poll. This week's question, should there be flagrant fouls in high school basketball? Give us a yes or a no. Go to basketballnight.com. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 10.35 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Halfway home. Fastest three hours in radio. Ryan Epling alongside Bill Cornwell and Joe Linville. And again, if you want scores, go to basketballnight.com. Follow us on Twitter. Check out at hoops underscore roundup. Uh, games throughout the night being uh, you know getting the scores out to you uh, every method that we have you can also uh, like us on Facebook we're, uh, we're becoming more active there um, on that platform as well so again basketball Friday night in West Virginia always a good time and um, Joe our, our next athlete is someone I know you know personally um, I, I've been able to kind of follow his career from a distance Um we were talking about him uh, off the air, and we'll get him on in just a second. But um, just sometimes you have to have a little patience to get where you want to go. Yeah, I was talking to, the, to this young man earlier this week. Uh, we had a, a show premiering the Logan Chantville game, and he stopped by and got to you know talk to him, and uh, he was interviewed on the radio. But anyway, he's kind of a what we might call a late bloomer. You know, he was talking about, you know, even though he's played on a, on a D1, you know, platform here at Marshall, uh, he was kind of, you know, didn't have that big freshman or big sophomore year. Really didn't start coming along and, and start getting noticed probably his junior year. And then of course had a great senior year and, and then went on to play college basketball and then, you know, moved on up to where he's at today. Yeah. Start, started at Fairmont state. Right. Um, and again, proof that, uh, you can get where you want to go from anywhere in West Virginia. Just got to work at it. He's currently a player for Colossus in Rhodes, Greece. And uh, right now, he, he's still in West Virginia. He's getting ready to I think he's home on a little break, maybe. So. Yeah, there we go. Stevie Browning joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Uh, Stevie, first off, good to have you tonight. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. First of all, did you? I, I'm sure you went over to, to Willie Acres Arena and watched a great basketball game tonight. Oh, yeah. I, I Actually, I don't have much of a voice left. I was screaming the whole time. <laughs> oh, so that's who we heard in the background. Okay. But anyway, Stevie, just talk about your days back at Logan, you know, playing high school basketball, and, and tell us a little bit about the story there and then, you know, how things started to develop and when you had the opportunity to go to, to play some college ball. Gotcha. Well, um, you know, like, like, like you said earlier, um, you know, patience was my biggest thing. Um, my freshman and sophomore year, I, I didn't play at all. I was strictly JV my junior year. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, my sophomore year, we, we won the state championship. And, you know, that was, that was that's one of my favorite years because that, that was just a blessing and an experience in itself, even though I wasn't playing as much. But, 
you know, every day I worked and I and I tried to get better. And my junior year, I kind of came along, but you know, I was, still had Paul Williamson and Deontay Coleman in front of me, and that was just the way it was. And then my senior year, I, I kind of got Hatch handed me the ball and, and and let me go, put me in put me put me in the driver's seat, and uh, I actually signed to go to Fairmont State before my senior year because you know I wasn't. Uh, you know, it, at the time, it, it it felt like it was the right move. And, you know, looking back, I wouldn't trade it because, you know, there's things that I learned at Fairmont that, that stick with me today. Um, and, you know, I, Fairmont was a great place for me. But And uh, so I started. I actually started my freshman year at Fairmont. I averaged 9 or 10 points. Um, I was a role player. Um, we had a few good, good upperclassmen. Um and we were actually really good that year too. And then my sophomore year, I came in and we started. To, uh, it, it started to kind of run through me a little bit, and you know, I had a, I had a, a really good year. Um, and it kind of all fell in, like I could feel God's hand on the situation when it all fell in place because uh, at the end of my sophomore year was my good year, and and that was the year that Dan Tony had just had first got the coaching job, and he kind of made it known around the state that he was trying to get in-state players. So uh, my dad my dad called me, and he was like, hey, if, if you want to try and make that jump, this is this is probably your best chance to do it. So, you know, we prayed about it. We talked about it a lot. And um, and so I, I, I got my release and, and, and went on a few visits, but ended up, obviously going to Marshall and you know that was playing there was two of on the court two of the funnest years I've ever had just because of the way Dan Tony lets you play the freedom he gives you um as a player as a scorer it's 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 the place you want to be because I mean the first day I got there Dan Tony said he said look I don't care what shot you take as long as you think you can make it you can take it and that's just the whole that's just the whole philosophy that he goes by. I mean, I'm sure you guys watch John and CJ play, and they're just playing free out there. And that, and you know, that confidence helped me grow into into uh, being a better, better scorer, better playmaker. And um, you know, it gave me the opportunity to play on a big enough level to where you know I could set myself up to play professionally. Stevie, and, uh, um, I was going Stevie, you, you were. Uh... Uh, in your martial years, uh, I, I like to call you the king of the alley oop because that that seemed to be your play, and uh, that that you you were really great at building the the fan base and getting the fan base excited when you would take that big leap and go and get that ball. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I remember the first time it happened. It was the WVU game um, at the uh, at the Civic Center, and me and John, Coach Dad, had drew up a play in a timeout, and. Uh, me and John came out, and we had saw how how I'm, it was Javon Carter. We had saw how Javon was guarded the, the play before, and he jumped. He jumped the uh, the guy who was rolling pretty hard. So we looked at each other. We were like, "Look, we're gonna go back door. Just throw it up." And he did it. And then from that moment on, every time every time we'd come down the floor, and and we'd catch each other's eyes, we'd say WVU, and it'd be a back door lock. <laughs> That's what it, that's what it kind of turned into. I think I think was, my. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just. I think my favorite one that I, I, I watched that I saw you pull off was against Mill Tennessee. It was like an inbounds near half court. Yeah. 
and, and John threw the alley oop to you about you know thirty five forty feet away on an inbounds pass for a dunk. I was oh, like, you don't, you just don't see that. Yeah, no, that one was. I say it all the time. Uh, I had two of them that were on top ten, the one against West Virginia and then uh, the one that I reversed at U, uh, UTSA. But I say all the time. That one, the one in Middle Tennessee was the toughest one because, one, John was getting pressured out of bounds. It wasn't like he, he had a clear lane to throw it. He made a, about a perfect pass from 40, 45 feet. And, um, and that, was, that was in a big game, too. That was in a, in a, in a game that, tried, that, that kind, of switched, kind of switched our whole season because we, had, we, started, we started slow. And then we started to, to kind of find our niche, find our groove in conference. And then that game was the was the game that really pushed us over the hump to, to being to being a good conference team. And um, I tell people all the time when they when they ask me what my favorite what my favorite one was, I say the one against Middle Tennessee. That was that, that, that was one of those where I, I watched it and I said, okay, wow. And then I thought for a second. Wait, what did I just see here? <laughs> yeah. That was that was incredible. Uh, we're we're up against it here, Stevie. But I do want to ask you uh, one more question. You're getting ready to play in Greece. You've played overseas for a couple of years now. Uh, how is that from a you know from a standpoint of being in a different element? Oh man, I tell you, um, my first year was a uh, a year that really tested me because um, you know. Your first year overseas, you don't have any idea what to expect. Um, and, you know, there's places that you can go that are more Americanized. But I was in Turkey, and where I was at was not Americanized at all. The city had about 700,000 people, and nobody spoke English outside of the team. So um, so even even that, even the, the littlest things from ordering food to uh, reading traffic signs, you know, it all plays a part, and it and and you know, if you let it, it can really stress you out, and it can it can affect you the way you play. But and it's something you just gotta that I that I found I had to I had to just just get my head around the fact that that this is the way it is, and I gotta I gotta grit through this. And um, you know, it helped me evolve as a person. It helped me figure out who I am. Figure out the thing that who I need to be really in order to be successful and um, in order to help my family and you know I thank God for the for the struggles that that overseas has has given me because you know I feel like it really has made me a better person basketball is sure taking Stevie Browning on quite the ride from Logan to Fairmont State to Marshall and to Turkey, now to Greece, and uh, certainly been a, a fantastic ride. Stevie, a, a good follow on Twitter, too. You should follow him uh, there. Just look him up. You'll find him. And uh, always uh, always great to follow along and follow along your career. Stevie, we're, we're very proud of uh, you as a, as a Marshall alum. We're proud of you. And, of course, as West Virginians, we're proud of what you're doing as well. I appreciate it very much, guys. I do. All right. That's Stevie Browning, uh, former Logan Wildcat, currently plays for Rhodes, uh, in Rhodes, Greece, for Colossus, getting ready to head back overseas. Colossus of Rhodes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like the the, of course, the, the, the world marvel, yeah, yeah, a fantastic uh, opportunity for him. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with our standout athlete of the week. 
We'll also have Bill Nestor, WPDX in Clarksburg. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Send us your picks from your game and your fans. Call toll-free 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Text the show, 304-249-4924. Text the show, 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Don't forget to join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got until 1145 tonight. This week's question, should there be flagrant fouls in high school basketball? Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. Again, you've got till 1145 tonight. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 1049 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville with you. Uh, just to quickly tie this all together, Colossus of Rhodes collapsed in an earthquake in 226 B.C. I'm sorry I wasn't aware of this. <laughs> I wasn't either. I wasn't around. Uh, uh, but, but no, always a good time. You know, we like to be able to, we learn a lot ourselves on this program. We like to be able to kind of share that because there are so many fascinating things and tie it to basketball in, in some form or fashion. Stevie Browning's story, and we'll get to Tyler Gray, we'll get to Bill Nestor in just a moment. Stevie Browning's story is one that I think that anyone growing up playing high school basketball or, or not even in high school yet playing basketball. This is where that sport can take you. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, like I said a few minutes ago, it just shows you if you work hard enough what you can achieve and what you can attain. I mean, when he was a, a sophomore at Logan High, I'm sure he never thought that would be impossible becoming a professional basketball player. But now today, a lot of hard work, many hours in the gym, he's there. And he, see the world. And he, and he exactly, and I think he mentioned how tough it was last year playing in Turkey, but uh, playing in Rhodes – that's more of, a, of an area that's used to foreigners and tourists, so I think this is probably a little easier uh, transition for him to there 
in Rhodes as opposed to playing in Turkey. So hopefully he's a little bit more comfortable this year. Let's bring on our standout athlete of the week. He is a senior at Webster County High School. The Highlanders are having a phenomenal year. Undefeated, 18-0 and as they come down the home stretch. Big, big game coming up this week with Greater Beckley Christian. We'll talk about all of that and more. But joining us now is our standout athlete of the week, Tyler Gray of Webster County. Tyler, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, guys. Thank you uh, for having me on tonight. And congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. You're not the first person in your family to do this. Your brother had it as well. Yeah, my brother got it uh, two years ago, and just kind of cool to get it and just kind of follow his footsteps. You're now our first siblings to have <laughs> to be standout athletes of the week. And, uh, you know, we want to talk a little bit about Making that transition from where you played with your brother on on a team, I'm sure that's something that you won't forget on successful teams as well. And now being to where you are the leader of this basketball team, um, and of course, you know, as a coach's son, there's a, there are a lot of layers to to your game and your role with that basketball team. Yeah, me and uh, my brother were really, really close during, uh, during up. He's up at work right now. He played uh, college basketball for about a year and a half, and then he decided to take us long grades. But uh, his high school years, we uh, were in the gym all night, all morning, all stuff like that, just conditioning, working out, just getting in the gym 24-7. And it's just, I think it's really fun just to have a relationship with brother playing and uh, coach slash dad playing. Just because uh, it's, it's just better playing inside somebody that you see every day. Hey, Tyler, this is Joe Linville. You know, you guys are having a phenomenal season. I mean, we've kind of talked about it as the season rolls on. You know, we keep expecting you, you know, to get knocked off, but you guys just keep finding ways to win. Yeah, uh, of course, when you're uh, undefeated, every team has your your number. So that's the hardest part. Tonight, we uh, early in the season, when we played run at run, uh, it was a 12-point game. We didn't really shoot the best. We didn't really show up. But tonight, we uh, I got to hand it to Ray. They, they came in there to play, and they definitely definitely fought for it. But we uh, came out on top, and it is hard because you go uh, to every next game just just thinking, man, this could be it. But Webster and the team that we have there is just totally different. We go into, we go into every practice, fix everything we do, work out harder, and just go at each other hard and just make everybody else better. You know, Webster County, you know, being a, a county high school, and, you know, Webster County's kind of rural out in central West Virginia. How tough is it on maybe some of your teammates? I, I'm, and I'm not sure if you live, you know, close to in town or the school or whatever, but, you know, travel arrangements and so forth to and from practice when there's not school. Uh, yeah, we have our whole entire team is kind of scattered everywhere. Uh, I live, like, really close to the high school, and then, um, we have kids who live in Hacker Valley, which is like hour an hour away, forty five to an hour away. We have uh, our uh, center Drew Oakland, who lives up in Urbacon, which is probably about thirty forty minutes. So yeah, they get up early to go to school, and uh, after practice, they got a good ride home. <laughs> I absolutely know where Hacker Valley is. Uh, actually, uh, I have a lot of family live out that way. So uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm rooting you guys on uh, as well. But what, what about the school, the atmosphere around the school? What what are some of the extracurricular activities that, that you're involved with and, and, and lead there at uh, Webster County High? Uh, 
Uh, I'm in. I'm involved with uh, National Honor Society. I got accepted my sophomore year in British year. I'm involved with uh, fellow Christian athletes, which is in the school. Um, I'm involved with Young Life, which is a Christian group, which is kind of in with the school. They uh, they're kind of in out in out more. Uh, but those are mainly my ones. Young Life's been a big, really big part of my life, just from having a Young Life leader, uh, Emma Rogers, just come into a small county like Leicester. And just starting this whole Christian group and just booming it and getting kids out. And that's just been kind of one of the big parts of my life. Your dad is a coach. Tell me about how that relationship is. Uh, you know, off the floor, when when does it become, you know, a difference from where he's your dad and he's your coach? Uh, uh, dad does a really, really good job, actually, from separating from coach to, uh, to dad. When he's on the court, he's definitely... Uh, to me, I feel like he may grind me a little bit more and get on me a little more, but I'm used to it. Um, back home, we still we tease, laugh, just making memories, just as we do on the court. So it's not really a big difference, and I think that does a really good job from separating those two. Expect a lot of people to make the trip on Route 20 and then hang a turn on the Highland Drive in Cowan next week when Webster County plays host to Greater Beckley Christian in what should be a phenomenal game. Uh, that game uh, set for February 12th. And uh, Tyler Gray, our standout athlete of the week, thanks so much for joining us, and we wish you the best of luck moving forward throughout this season. Your team's still undefeated. Thank you guys for having me on. All right. And, uh, boy, what a, what a year. I mean, that, that's, really? you're, you're in the midst of something special. And I think sometimes if you stop and pay attention to it, you might not exactly, you know, finish that special season because I, this is a team that I think can get to the state tournament, I think can make some noise. Um, but again, they might struggle with a, a seating situation because they don't have the background and pedigree. Right. But it, it's just, it's one of those feel good stories when a school of this caliper has a season like this. And Bill, it happens at, at all levels with the consolidations of today. Uh, sometimes it takes a, a while for those AAAs to form a singular community bond. But, um, you know, for a small town area, a small area in terms of population, not in terms of geography, you've got kids spread out all over the place. Yeah. It's a challenge. They make it work at Webster County. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've, we've talked about it before. Uh, Pocahontas County is another situation like that where you have that one county school in a spread out uh, county. You know, the, the time involved, the, 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 the wear travel. and tear travel is crazy. So, for them to succeed like this, really impressive. And uh, certainly wish Tyler Gray and his teammates the best of luck throughout the rest of the season. Two hours are already in the books in the fastest three hours in radio. <laughs> I feel like I missed almost a half of it. Anyway, uh, Bill Nestor, PDX, will be back with us when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Special thanks to all of our affiliates, including WHJC in Matewan. We're also heard on WKQV in Cowan on 105.5 FM and in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM WKKX Wheeling, and 1370 AM WVLY Moundsville. 
Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio 92.5 FM WTHM LP, Ravenswood Ripley. Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn. Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. You can also hear us on Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM. Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM. WVOW in Logan, Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM. You can also listen in on The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. Tune for You Radio, Yap Radio 101.7 FM, WYAPLP and Clay. We're also on 101.1 FM, WVWPLP and Wayne. 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Hitch. 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. proud supporter of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum honors the father of black history and proudly serves as a forum for issues of importance to Marshall University in the tri-state area. Please visit www.marshall.edu slash Woodson Lyceum. That's all one word, Woodson Lyceum. W-O-O-D-S-O-N-L-Y-C-E-U-M. And follow our tweets for major events during February including the story behind the new and popular African-American Museum in Washington on February 19th. Educators will find information about a summer institute for West Virginia teachers, and students will learn about a summer workshop for them, all at www.marshall.edu slash Woodson Lyceum. The Lyceum was founded in 2016 by the Drinko Academy and the School of Journalism and Mass Communications. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Hour three of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwall, Joe Linville. Happy to have you along with us. Like we say, fastest three hours in radio. It really is true. Um, we, play, we play this radio game at a breakneck pace sometimes. And then sometimes it's good to just kind of slow down, take your breath. Yeah, catch, <laughs> catch your breath on everything. If you want scores, go to hoops, uh, at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter or go to basketballnight.com to find them all. We'll try to get you another scoreboard update before the evening is over. Um, but right now I want to go back to the phones. Bill Nestor, WPDX in Clarksburg, is the voice of the Robert C. Bird Eagles. And Bill, Robert C. Bird having a, a very good season to this point, coming off of a uh, win over Frankfurt in the um, – little general shootout at the big house at West Virginia State University and 
ironically, uh, you know, this is a, a ball club that has, uh, you know, been maybe a little bit better than perceived this year. Is that safe to say? It has been. It's been an impressive uh, season so far for Robert Seabird. You know, first of all, I wanted to say I'm glad you're feeling better and back on the show last week. Had a chance to call in. Missed you. But then uh, right after the show, had a chance to see a picture on Facebook with Joe and Jerry West. And, of course, you know, guys, I hate to say it, but if I had to pick one of those guys first on my team, I'm going with Joe every time. (laughs) I appreciate that, Bill. Joe's more versatile. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. That's for sure. And after we got a chance to talk last week, RCB had a tough game at Fairmont Senior, a game that they had a 12-point lead in the first quarter play on two different occasions. And it uh, came down to the wire, and RCB lost a tough one there. Had to flip back around and play again uh, on Wednesday at 1 o'clock. A little general shootout there in West Virginia State against a very good Frankfurt team and uh, pulled out a double-digit win against a very big, strong, physical team. So that win gave RCB's players some confidence, and they'll be going into a three-game week coming up here at Preston County on Monday. Tuesday, RCB home against East Fairmont. That's a good game. Interesting night because – That'll be a throwback night, as uh, some listeners know. Robert C. Bird is is uh, a school made up of a consolidation of Roosevelt Wilson High School and Washington Irving. So the throwback night will be RW night, where all the RW former players and administration will come back. They'll be honored at halftime throughout the game. So it'll be kind of a nice uh, atmosphere. And then on Saturday, a big lockup at Bridgeport, a cross-town rival. That'll have a lot of seating, uh, sectional seating implications. So a lot of things going on this coming week. Should be a, a very interesting week indeed for RCB and uh, again with with games against uh, East Fairmont and of course the game against Bridgeport. You, you really are into the home stretch of where seeding for sectionals starts to become or starts to come into focus. I should say. I, I think the way it's done now, every game does matter. But at the same time, when you start to get down the stretch, uh, it, things get magnified a little bit. It sure does, Ryan. And, you know, RCB and Bridgeport uh, seem to be always locking up for a chance to get that top seed. How important it is because when those – when of course, you're talking about a uh, sectional. It's very, very low this year. Lincoln took Bridgeport to overtime the other night. Elkins beat Robert C. Bird earlier this year. And, of course, uh, Liberty's a pretty good team as well. So the home court advantage, very pivotal for these teams. And last year, Robert C. Bird lost in the sectional final – had to go to Braxton County and got beat up there by a good uh, Eagles team. So you, you, know, you want to get that home uh, game in the, in the regionals. And to get that, the best chance possible is obviously to be hosting. So uh, these games all count. That's going to be a big week for Robert Seabird. So looking forward to it. And, you know, quick story for you guys. You were talking about Stevie Browning. I had a chance to see him when he was in high school. And, and we went over to Logan. Uh, Robert Seabird did. First time uh, we had a chance to play there. And... Uh, Landau uh, Murphy Jr. was there. He was going to toss the ball up right after he won America's Got Talent. He was going to be the special guest referee. When they when they did the introductions, they put the lights down. Nobody rec- realized what had happened. They had lowered one of the baskets. So when he went out to midcourt to, to fake the toss, he took the ball, went down the floor, dunked it, took the basketball, and ran out the side door. That's what I remember about Logan and Stevie Browning. One of the great memories I'll ever have. But, yeah, he was a fantastic player. Guys, I knew then he was going to be something special. And it's great to see somebody from the state doing so well. 
Landale was actually at the game tonight doing a live feed <laughs> from up in the upper section. So he, he's still a big Logan basketball fan. Uh, Bill, real quick, I just want to go back to this throwback game. How big is that for the community and uh, RCB High School? Joe, it's huge because RCB has been looking for an identity. Robert Seabird has uh, had some great teams, especially since they went back from AAA to AA. But the key here is that there are a lot of uh, proud people from the past for WI High School and RW High School. They've got to be able to work together, to come together, which is hard because they were rivals for a long, long time. So it's a great opportunity to get the RW people back in, recognize them, to realize they're a part of this school as well. It's not just, you know, RW didn't die and WI didn't die. They, they've merged together to make Robert C. Bird. So it's so pivotal for these people to come back, be recognized, and then now move forward and be active and be a part of Robert Seabird High School. So it's so, so important. It's going to be a great night. Last year was Kelly Miller when I had a chance to bring them back because when you get a chance to get uh, schools involved and, and get the alumni back in, it's always a great thing because they feel like they're, they're uh, important. They feel like they have a self-worth. They come back. And so for, our, for RW to come back and be recognized, all their former players, administration, it's really a big deal. Bill Nusser, WPDX in Clarksburg. Thanks so much for joining us. Good to talk with you, and we'll uh, talk some Robert C. Bird hoops next week, I hope. Guys, as always, thank you so much for letting me be a part of a special program. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. Thank you so much. It's Bill Nusser, WPDX in Clarksburg. Let's go right back to the phones. We'll, we'll put Craig Dutton on hold for a little bit. He's going to play <laughs> Iron Man here for a while. Craig, just hang in there with us. He's going to be playing the role of Bo. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would 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 wish that on anyone, to be honest with you. Um, right now, let's go to Mike Gray, head coach of Webster County. Both of his sons have been standout athletes of, of the week for us. At least uh, two of his sons have been athletes, standout athletes of the week for us uh, on the program over the past couple of years. And uh, now he joins us. And Coach, we, we talked a little bit about separating – you know, parenting from coaching, and that's something that can be very tricky. And uh, based upon how your team is playing, based upon talking with your sons the last couple of years, seems like that's something that you uh, take note of and are mentally aware of uh, separating that, that parental guidance versus that coaching guidance. Yeah, I mean, you've got a great kid like Tom. It's, uh, it's really, really easy. He... Uh... He's a great kid, and he's the court. He does a lot for the community, and he, he you know, has young life, and a lot of things going on in his life. And he's just a great kid. He's easy to coach, and uh, he's just a, he's a great kid for our team right now. Eighteen and zero, and um, big games this week. Uh, a big one with um, Greater Beckley Christian coming to town on uh, February twelfth. Uh, tell me about uh, what you're looking forward to with that game. And uh, really, uh, I mean, your team's been challenged. I'm not taking away anything from the teams that you've played to this point, but um, that might be uh, one that has a little more pedigree behind them uh, coming into this ball game. Yeah, I'm, I know Coach Sutton really well. He does a good job with Gregor Beckley. And, and watched him a few games. They're, they're, they're going to be, to my opinion, they're going to be a state tournament team. So, yeah, they're going to have a hands full, but. You know, this is another mark we had on our calendar. Uh, we've been waiting on this game. You know, we've got, we've got a lot of fans out right now. I think we had probably five or six hundred fans out to the game tonight. And, uh, everybody's coming out to watch us. And, 
you know, we got a tough week coming up. We played about three on Tuesday, and it looks like uh, right now we're probably going to face Parkersburg Catholic uh, on the 16th in the LKC Championship. So, yeah, we'll be tested next week, but that's what we need right now. This is a great team, a uh, great bunch of kids. They play well together. Uh, they're easy to coach. They like to practice hard. So, uh, you know, it makes it easier on my side. Well, Coach, I'll say something that probably you, you wouldn't say, and I, I'm not, not putting words in your mouth or anything. You're in the midst of something very special right now. And, and I think sometimes we don't always realize that until we look back and reflect upon it. But, I mean, you're in the moment. Uh, just tell me about, uh, you know, how things are day to day. I mean, you're, you're, you're living right now what so many people can only dream of in terms of with your family, with your, uh, with your kids playing so well over the, you know, not just this year, but over the years. And now this year with an undefeated team and, and starting to uh, fill up the gym. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, it's been a great clue uh, for me as a coach because, you know, I've got to take place with my kids. And, uh, you know, when they were younger in middle school, we've won championships in middle school. And, you know, my oldest son, he, he was a great ball player, you know. That's where I had a point score in high school. And he went on and played a little bit of college ball. And, you know, now these towers come along, and uh, I've, had a, I've had a great time coaching him. And, this has just been great. You know, I've been been teaching for about 24 years now. And uh, it's just great to be around your kids and uh, enjoy them. And other kids, we have a lot of great kids in this community that respect each other. And, and uh, it's just a great group of kids to be around. Uh, I did want to touch on that, too, because, I mean, we've talked about the family dynamic, but obviously it's a, it's a team effort. And, uh, you know, it can be challenging just to get everybody in, into practice at the same time because of, uh, you know, the challenges of geography in Webster County. Yeah. Uh, our, this group of kids right here, you know, they've been playing together since third or fourth grade. So it hasn't been that hard getting them in the gym. Uh, you know, usually, even on snow days, they'll, you know, they'll start texting, hey, you're, you know, we have practice today. You know, you know, they're eager to get in the gym. And when we're allowed, we get in the gym as much as we can, you know, and they, off season is uh, where they've developed uh, the basketball the last couple of years. Uh, it's just going and playing in different states and uh, tournaments and getting better off season. So when the season started, you know, we'd be ready to go. And this, this group of kids, I think right now, uh, they're going to turn some heads, I think, here, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and I, can, I can see it in their eyes. See, we, had a, we had a pretty good game season against Ryan and, uh, a really good team shoots the ball really well, but we responded well. And, and uh, like I said, I think uh, I think this team can go pretty far. Mike Gray, head coach of the Webster County Boys Basketball Team, undefeated eighteen zero. Coach, thanks so much for joining us, and we uh, certainly wish you guys the best of luck. No, I appreciate you guys, uh, and uh, thanks for having me on. All right, and uh, always appreciate getting to talk with. Uh, but with, with people who are, like I said, he's in the midst of something special. I don't know if yeah. he necessarily has a, a full grasp on that, but he's got memories that are going to last him a lifetime. Yeah, by the time the end of the season rolls about, he'll be like, he'll be like wow. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's just that wow factor. Yeah, and and it's, like I said earlier, it's just so cool to see you know smaller schools like this having a successful season, especially a, a, a school that's normally not in this realm. And, and they have been a state tournament. Caliber team past couple yeah. of years, oh, yeah. but uh, but it's still it's not something that is happens year right. after year. I don't after think year. they take it for granted. And, I think they great. Here's the thing: you've come this far, guys, and you're 18 and 0. If you don't get to Charleston, it's going to be a major a downer. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. So well, thanks for putting pressure on it, Bill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what Bill's here for. Um, just, just making it real. Hey, he's absolutely right. We're going to go right back to the phones right now. Uh, you know what? No, no. Let's take a break right now. Then we'll, we'll, when we come back, we'll talk with Howard Meeks, head coach of St. Mary's uh, girls basketball team. They won the hometown invitational. Also, uh, Craig Dutton, WXCR in New Martinsville. How long can he wait? Also, uh, we'll have power ratings coming up a little bit later on in the program as well. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, visit basketballnight.com. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for joining us tonight. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We want you to follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. If you're watching our live video stream right now, you see all kinds of pictures. Well, we want you to send pics of your games, your team members, your fans, everything you got. Send it to us. At hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can send it to us by our Facebook page. You can search for us on Facebook. Also, you can send it to us by email. Scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. Don't forget to join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight, so a little bit longer. This week's question should there be flagrant fouls in high school basketball? Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. Shout-out to some of our newest Twitter followers tonight. Dylan Day, Nick Dugan, uh, Garrett Miller, Kim Sennett, Jay Westland, and Nick Carroll. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. It is 11-17 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, February 8th, 2019. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Bill Cornwell with you. Uh, Let's jump right back to the phones. Howard Meeks is the head coach of the St. Mary's Girls Basketball Team, also vice president of the West Virginia Hometown Invitational Tournament. Coach Meeks, congratulations on your victory. Well, thanks, guys, again, Ryan and Bill, for having me on. I know I was on last week. and Ryan, you're a little on the weather, so I'm glad uh, our prayers were answered, and then you're, you're back at it. And uh, I still miss my buddy Rick. Uh, I know he's, uh, he's not on this week, but uh, uh, he was a great host down there. Um, when we played them part of the, you know, the pool play in, in, uh, I think the second round, 
they were the one seat down in Tulsa. So I know he's, you know, still prayers with him and his family. I know that they're going through a loss of a loved one, I think an uncle or something. So uh, just a shout out there. And I can't believe that I actually get on before Craig, my, my buddy Craig Dutton. He's a, you know, great song. He, he's a great song leader for years at church here up here in St. Mary's, and normally they want to hear him before me. So I just uh, I know he's probably going to talk a little bit about the Williamstown Tyler game. And, uh, finally had a night off and went out and watched. You know, great young coaches, and you know Stephen Utter's out there, of you, you know, from St. Mary's, and helped me with my girls program and got into coaching. And was at Richwood Girls and out of Webster. Now he's out of Tyler, and uh, of course his assistant coach is my son Trey Meeks, and so I'm. Awful proud of him, and on the other side, Sarah's assistant coach is you know, Tyler Satterfield, and him. And my son played in the same St. Mary's team that made the, I think, the Final Four one year, their senior year. So just uh, kind of a good night for basketball and joy. So I look forward to hearing what Craig has to say about that, you know, that barn barn tonight. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely grill him about that here in just a moment, and. Um... Yeah, you, let's talk a little bit about uh, your, your basketball team, though. I mean, uh, this is a team that maybe took a little bit of time to find its footing. Of course, a very difficult early season schedule as as well. I uh, don't want to take anything away from that. But as of right now, 12-9, and nine, but have won, you know, going back, you won four out of five. So, uh, you know, playing good ball as you come down the stretch. Yeah, I think we won seven out of nine or something like that. And so, you know, we want to talk about the Jack or the Hyde, you know. So, uh, you know, of course, I'm a, you know, my senior Addie for, uh, I call you know, she's just my little engine that never quits, you know. Um, but she thinks she's 5'6 or 5'7. I tell her she's 5'3. I think she probably is 5'5. Five, five. <laughs> but she, she's always going to, and it, just, it did. We, you know, we've had, uh, you know, uh, Kylie Wright, my leading scorer last year, the freshman, uh, Rolled her ankle real bad in the, in the first or second quarter of the, the, the Magnolia game, so she, she missed several games. Then I've had flu, and you know Addie missed a game in Payton City, and you know Kylie's first game back, and probably shouldn't have played. I think we just put her in the lineup because we we're missing Addie that night, and uh, you know we stubbed her toe there, and so you know I think at that point you know it turned our season around. We, you know you got to either pick yourself up or whatever, and I just remember having a talk before we went. Uh, the Tulsa game said, girls, it's time to grow up and just play hard. And the St. Mary's always known to compete hard. And we'll fix other things, but you got you got to battle quick. And then when, when you guys learn how to do that, you'll become uh, – I think they took me a little bit too literally. You know, maybe I should try those little soft uh, pep talks more often. They, they went out and put, you know, just really battled and uh, came out of their 10-point win, and we just kept it going. You know, <clears throat> you know thanks to – we had lost the 21 in our St. Mary's High School Invitational. Cameron, you know, came in and won that. And, uh, you, know, to, you know, to go from 21 down, to, you know, to be fortunate enough to battle back and win by seven, you know, in the hometown Invitational Championship, you know, beating the one seed and the two seed in the process. So it was hard-earned, but, uh, you know, it, like I said, it, it's just something that, that we'll be able to celebrate sometime when the season's over. But hopefully we're not done with, you know, winning some ball, key ball games here as we go down the stretch and enter sections. Coach, um, thank goodness you get the, the weekend off this weekend to get a little rest because uh, you got what, what we like to call sometimes that NBA schedule next week, a back-to-back. Uh, you got your senior night with Valley Wetzel on Tuesday, and then you go to Parkersburg for a makeup game against Crusaders of Parkersburg Catholic on a Wednesday. Well, and, and, you know, and when we played Saturday, clearly with Tigers Valley, we came back with no prep and, uh, you know, uh, played – 
particularly Catholic, you know, hard fought. We we had it down to six, and then made it, you know, got a little foul trouble, and you know, still, 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 you know, we still got some growth to do, but you know, we kept it respectable and then turned right around in the LKC, you know, Constellation playoffs. We, we matched up with Clay County, nice double A team, you know, and uh, you know, and earned the, earned the winner there Thursday night. So, um, yeah, I, we, you know, senior nights are always tough. Um, and you know, with just having the one key senior, Addy, you know, it's you know, it makes it even tougher <laughs> when it's a bunch of them. I think sometimes it spreads out, and you just go, "Wow, you know what? You know what? A great job getting here." But when it's one, and she means so much to the program, uh, you know, it, it's going to be tough. But I, I'm sure the girls will will be ready. Um, we got a lot of you know, we're finally gelling. We got a lot of young girls starting to understand the game, and, and, and um, that, that's one thing you know, when you're playing so many young girls. You know, normally you get to play them a lot of JV quarters, and they learn how to get banged and, and, and compete. Uh, when you're doing it at the varsity level, you know when we're doing so many of them at the varsity level, it, it just magnified, you know, because the game's being more. But in reality, it's still just young girls learning basketball, and I'm awful proud of how much they've grown. And uh, you know, I'm starting a freshman point guard, and everybody knows you know, Coach Meeks doesn't doesn't normally start a freshman. You know, even fit guys who scored over 2,000 points didn't start till January. You know, and uh, but. Numbers are a little thinner, and you know you, you have who you have, and so we we've had to put some to fire. And uh, Josie Moore's really stepped up in the last several games and really taking taking control of the ball, and not turning it over, and that's you know helped you know, get uh, a little bit more movement around um, when other people don't have to help you know be out front as wide. And so you, you know, Kylie Selfie started scoring double figures and Addie's went, you know, I think scored in the twenties four over the last five games and, and we just figured some things out. And then just like Thursday night you got a nice sophomore Livy DeWeese came in and hit six out of six at the free throw line nice to game you know late. So we, we just got a lot of girls developing and uh, um and I'm looking really looking forward to the next few years. But uh, I mean, like you said, we got we got a lineup coming and we're just gonna keep battling and figuring this stuff out. Howard Meeks, head coach of the St. Mary's Girls, also vice president of the West Virginia Hometown Invitational Tournament. Another successful run uh, with that this year. Thanks so much for joining us, Coach. All right, guys. I'm going to get a shout-out to Van and Clay Battelle that were in the Division II championship. That was a, that was a barn burner. And I think uh, Clay Battelle really you know, battled hard and led the whole way right to the end and just a couple missed shots. And Van just keep battling into you know, the Van. You know, the, the nice program down at Van, they the, – yeah, they won the Division Two championship, so we don't want to leave them out. And uh, you know, congratulate all four teams that made it to the finals this year. And we just look forward to inviting all the single A teams that uh, they'll get an email here soon, inviting me in the next year's tournament, and just be a part of something that keeps on growing. And again, we want to thank Antero Resources. Uh, you know, we know energy has a big part of what's going on in West Virginia. We want to thank them for sponsoring us this year. All right. And I look forward to you know that partnership to grow. Thank yeah. you, guys. And thank you so much. That's Coach Meeks, Howard Meeks of the St. Mary's girls basketball team. We'll get to Craig Dutton in just a moment. Uh, we'll also have Wes McKinney and Bo Anderson. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we'll talk with them as well. Um, first, though, before we go to break, it's time for a look at the BasketballNight.com power ratings. And over in the score center is Marcus Constantino. Thank you, Ryan. Starting off in girls AAA, a lot of changes in this week's power ratings. Uh, in girls AAA, Parkersburg Big Reds uh, take the top spot. 
Uh, they are 20-1 and one and move up to number one, while Greenbrier East drops one spot into number two. Uh, Willing Park remains at number three, while the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles uh, move up one spot to number four, and Martinsburg, the Bulldogs, uh, move up one spot into number five. The girls' double-A power ratings. Uh, North Marion moves up into the top spot. The Husk- Lady Huskies are 16-4. and four. Fairmont Senior moves up one spot to number two. Wyoming East, the Lady Warriors drop two spots to number three. Uh, the Wayne Pioneers move up a spot to number four. While the Nicholas County Grizzlies, the Lady Grizzlies move up two spots uh, to round out the double-A top five. Now in girls' single-A. Um, this is all going to stay the same this week. St. Joe uh, is at number one. Parkersburg Catholic, number two. Magnolia, number three. Madonna, fourth. And Pocahontas County, number five. Now moving on to the boys basketballnight.com power ratings. Um, starting off in AAA, Martinsburg hangs on to the top spot. The Bulldogs are still undefeated, 18-0. University hangs on to number two. George Washington uh, moves up over Morgantown to take the number three spot. Uh, the Patriots are 16-2. The Mohegans are 11-6 on the season. Uh, meanwhile, the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles break into the top five. They move up three spots uh, to round out the top five in boys' double-A. Uh, the Chapmanville Tigers are a solid number one at 16-2. The Fairmont Senior Polar Bears coming in at a close number two. Uh, Logan Wildcats move up two spots into number three. Shady Spring uh, stays at number four while the Bluefield Beavers drop two to number five and in boys single A the Notre Dame Fighting Irish take over Wheeling Central for number one uh, Fighting Irish are 16 and two the Maroon Knights are 13 and four uh, Webster County hangs in at number three the Highlanders of course still undefeated at 18 and 0 while Greater Beckley Christian hangs on to number four and Parkersburg Catholic moves up one spot to break into the top five that's your basketballnight.com power ratings you can see the ratings for all 124 teams over at basketballnight.com. Thanks so much, Marcus. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, Craig Dutton, WXCR, we might talk to him. Wes McKinney, WAEY in Princeton. Bo Anderson, a resident referee. We're closing on cause time, too. That's all. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Rolls on here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Congratulations to Tyler Gray, Webster County Highlanders. Tyler was selected tonight as the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You could nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the standout athlete of the week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. And you got about 15 minutes, you still got time to vote in this week's poll. Should there be flagrant fouls in high school basketball? Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com. The poll 
is on the right-hand side of the page. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Send us all your scores all week long by Twitter, by email, by text, however you can get them to us. You can go to our site, basketballnight.com. There's a form you can fill out there, too, if you have scores. Send us your scores every day from every game because we follow them all, all week long, and then we send out a little report at 8 a.m. with all the day's scores. It's called the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can find it all at basketballnight.com. Thanks for joining us tonight. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 11.31 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. If you want scores, go to basketballnight.com, at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Um, those are the places to get the full scoreboard tonight. Um, we'll talk about that much more in a moment. First, I want to go to West McKinney, W-A-E-Y, in Princeton. So kind to hang in there with us tonight. And um, Wes, the Princeton Tigers, uh, we talked with uh, you know a, a little bit earlier about this basketball team. Um, this is a ball club that you know, has lost its last two games, but my goodness, what competition it's played in those games. Yeah, guys, really, Princeton, I, I think, has held their own. I didn't actually uh, catch Coach Williams on with you guys earlier, so I hope I don't replicate too much of what he said. But, I mean, you look at Princeton um, being down – 15 going to the fourth quarter against Woodrow Wilson last Saturday night. They come back and you know had a chance to tie the game there with about uh, 15, 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and then they played a undefeated uh, Radford team at home on Wednesday, and, and that game was really good for uh, two quarters, eight lead changes, three ties with the the Bobcats that look like a team that can win Class AA in Virginia. Things did fall apart a little bit for Princeton in the third quarter, but uh, I think if if you kind of just take away a, a couple of third quarters these last two weeks, you know, Princeton might be feeling a little bit better about itself, uh, you know, heading into, heading into tomorrow night's matchup with Buckhannon and Upshur. Wes, uh, you know, we talked with, again with Coach Williams, and, and I asked him, uh, I said, you have to feel good about the way – that you competed against Woodrow Wilson last weekend because, uh, you know, obviously if you're going to get to Charleston, it's going to go through Woodrow, a lot of it. And, uh, I mean, uh, you know, if they had maybe a little bit better start, could have had a little different uh, outcome. But still, so competitive against Woodrow, who's been playing great basketball right now. Yeah, you know, Woodrow Wilson got off to a little bit of a slow start there um, back in December. But, you know, someone asked me then, I said, guys, until something changes, this section goes through Woodrow Wilson. So, you you know, you're absolutely right, Bill. Princeton's, you know, got to compete with Woodrow to give themselves some confidence, you know, come the first or second week of March, whenever they'll probably have to go right back to the Raleigh County Armory and try to knock off Woodrow Wilson unless they want to go on the road to Charleston against the GW or Capitol um, in, a per, you know, in perhaps a co-regional final. 
I think when it comes to AAA specifically, um, seeding and being that sectional one versus being that sectional two may matter the most just from a travel standpoint in that region. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, you're looking at, you know, if you're a one seed and, you know, you hold serve on your home court, you got a team that's, you know, going to come probably at least an hour, you know, on the road to your place, you know, and for instance, case, you know, if they would have to go to Capital or to GW or South Charleston or whoever it may be, I mean, St. Albans is no slouch in that, in that section either. I mean, Princeton's looking at an hour and a half trip regardless of where they might go in the Canal Valley, but you know, I mean, you know, I don't want to put, you know, the uh, cart in front of the horse, so to speak. But Princeton's got to make sure they take care of business next week whenever Greenbrier East comes to town to make sure they at least can sew up the two seed in this section. Should be a lot of fun. We're we're, we're having big games now, not just games that we think are going to play a role in the postseason, but games that we know are going to play a role in the postseason, and that includes that Princeton-Greenbrier East game that comes up on February 13th, I believe that is... Wednesday, correct? I need a calendar. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That is correct. I, I, yeah. I need my days. Yeah. You can understand. I work overnights. Days of the week just don't matter. <laughs> they to me mean anymore. nothing. I don't they know, run I together. Don't, I don't know what they are anymore. <laughs> but, um, uh, Wes, always a pleasure and uh, look forward to talking to you next week because I think things will be a little bit more clear when we speak a week from today. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Princeton in the middle of a four game homestand here, of course, tomorrow against Buckhannon Upshire, Greenbrier East. Wednesday, and then a Pikeview team comes across the county on Thursday night. And obviously, if you want to, you know, have a chance to do special things in March, you got to take care of your home court. So hopefully, hopefully, we're talking about three Princeton wins next Friday night. There you go. It's West McKinney, W A E Y in Princeton. Let's go back to the phone lines. Thirty-six minutes long enough. You know, I actually considered taking Bo ahead of Craig Dutton tonight. Oh no, you but no, thirty-six not. was so thirty-six <laughs> was a big number, and Craig is. Been so kind to hang in there with us. And he had a really good boys basketball game tonight uh, between Tyler Consolidated and Williamstown. That was a game that Williamstown got a 71-65 win. And, uh, Craig, thanks for hanging in there with us. And very good ball game tonight. Yes, it was. I don't mind hanging on any longer. I don't mind. I, don't I've tell him that. Long enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you want me to try to break Bo's record? At least? Yeah, that, you'll get the Iron Man can. Award, you know. Go ahead. Well, I, think, well, I think Bo's driven the whole length of West Virginia before that's happened before. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no, it, we had a really good one tonight out to Tyler. The first time we had this matchup, it was Williamstown's second game of the season, and it was also Tyler's third back in December 11th. And Williamstown came away with a about a 14-point victory. And it was a very handled victory because early on, Williamstown had as much as a 20-point lead or more in the first half. After one period of play, when you know Tyler Consolidate came out with a three-point lead, eighteen to fifteen, after one period, I thought, okay, now they've got things settled, and they can actually you know give Williamstown a game. And they did. The Jackets, every time they had an opportunity to get ahead, about five or seven points. Uh, at one point, the Knights always found a way. About two or three or four different occasions, where they were able to whittle that score down or even take back the lead, and it even happened until about the fourth quarter, and then. A little tempers flared there towards the end of the fourth period. You know, had both sides uh, related incidents that result in one Boston Crothers fouled out on a foul that was called on him, and then a technical foul call on Tyler West of Tyler Consolidate. That's when everything started to shift. About a minute and a half left in the game. That's when Tyler got in, and they got the coaches Scott Sorrow and Stephen Nutter together to talk things over. 
calmed heads a little bit. So Tyler knew coming in they were just going to have to foul to put them at the line. They managed to get back within three at one point, but it ended up being a six-point victory for Williamstown. They just could not keep Trent Lynch off the line. And towards the end, he had a lot of key free throws that led to their victory tonight. And also, sophomore Xavier Carruthers, you can never say enough about this guy, uh, Tyler Consolidated has much as a five-point lead, I believe, at one point uh, going into that fourth period, and he hit three consecutive threes on offense for Williamstown, got them back in the game, and they were able to hold on to that lead for good. And nine different guys in double digits tonight, five for Williamstown, four for Tyler Consolidated. Uh, impressive effort by Justin Bowman, just a sophomore for Tyler Consolidated. He had 15 tonight most of that in that first period to help get Tyler out on that early lead in this game tonight. So great matchup that places a lot in the LKC place. I mean, does a lot in the LKC placement for next week. And you couldn't expect much more. That region four proved it's a tough region, but Tyler Consolidated still late in the season trying to find its identity, played a tough game tonight. Craig Dutton, WXCR in New Martinsville. I promise you a lesser wait time next week. No, no problem at all. I'm glad you took Coach Howard Meeks. I have a lot of appreciation for him. He actually gave me my public address announcing job. Oh. I started that uh, about 10 years, well, not 10 years ago. He mentioned <laughs> uh, something. I've mean, known you for 10 school. years. It was a little before then. He mentioned something about yeah, you leading that's the what I was gonna say. He helped me get in public address announcing at St. Mary's after I graduated from West Virginia State. So a big appreciation to him and be able to, you know, take me in years ago and like he said it's true we've known each other from church years back and great coach very stand-up classy guy and i know uh, the hit tournament he really works hard and so many countless other coaches in the state do a wonderful job with that tournament all right that's craig dutton wxcr we've got to move right along to our resident referee who unfortunately is out of time i've got to cut him a little <laughs> bit short tonight i'll tell him that in advance but our resident referee bo anderson joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Bo, welcome to the program. Hey, I found me a new hero, Craig Dutton. He doesn't <laughs> care. He likes the fact that I could be in front of him, so I want to thank him personally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've served my two-game suspension. I'm back here on the program uh, after a, a, you know after getting ejected two weeks ago. but uh, Or three weeks ago now. But no, I'm playing. But uh, Bo... Real fast, uh, something that I saw this week. Um, and it was a game in which sometimes I think a three-man crew struggles to communicate as well as a two-man crew does because you've got an extra person you've got to communicate with. But um, I was at a ball game where a player picked up their fifth foul. Uh, it was reported, um, the scorer's table reported it back to the official that it was the fifth foul. The official who reported the foul signals over to the bench that it's the fifth foul and while he's doing that the ball is put back into play behind him and there's another foul called actually it was put into play as a free throw the official who reported the foul was at the scorer's table turns back around sees the free throw in the air here's what i want to ask you can he blow the play dead immediately and, uh, and say that the free throw doesn't matter if it goes in or not, you'll resume play at the free throw after the substitution is made, or does he have to let it play out? You have to let it play out. Uh, that's, I mean, that's uh, just there on the fact of communication with officials, but 
wants to put the ball in play. You, you got to let that play out. If it, that shot's being taken, uh, just got to go ahead and let that uh, play out. And then hopefully somebody will be paying attention and uh, realize that uh, there's only two out of three officiating. Uh, it was uh, and again, like you said, it was just a communication thing. I understand exactly how it happened. That's one of those things where I, that is the only disadvantage of a three-man crew, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I've seen stuff happen a long time ago in two-man too, and <laughs> I, I, you know, two-man is going backwards, and uh, you know, three-man, especially with the with the three-point uh, line and and everything, and some of these gyms are pretty tight. So you know it. Uh, the third man, trust me, uh, it's a, it's a major uh, factor and a major help. Bo, uh, the situation tonight in the Logan uh, Chapmanville game. I uh, was kind of uh, monitoring this as uh, came into the show this evening, uh, and this is one of these deals where, as officials, you guys depend on the scores to work together. Because apparently, late in the game, there was some confusion on a fifth foul uh, from one of the Logan players. Uh, the, or, 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 maybe it was the Chapmanville player, but the, as always, you know, fans may not understand this. Uh, final call is usually with the home scorer, although you certainly want that home and visiting scorer to work together, and it's very important that the officials work together with those scorers. Well, absolutely. Uh, the only thing that I worry about when I go into the gym is how good the scorekeeper is and the clock keeper is because mm-hmm. they're our only other teammates uh, when it comes to the three officials. That's you know, it's really a five-man crew uh, plus the visitors helping out make six. And, uh, yeah, the home book is the official book unless it's so designated otherwise by the officials, uh, which I've only had that happen one time. And the uh, fact of the matter was the home book could not, make it therefore they had someone that was going to keep it but it never kept it for and so they told me they wanted the visiting book designated because they knew them and they've been doing it for 30 years and they preferred them to be the one to do it so uh, that was really the only time i've ever had to designate the visiting book as the official book very reasonable though and the coach was very understandable in the fact that you know he's got a, somebody that's never even done it may not what they're doing. But yeah, the home book is the official book when it comes down to it. And unless, you know, the official has some knowledge otherwise, Bo Anderson, our <laughs> resident referee, we're losing reception there and we're out of time with uh, with Bo, unfortunately. Anyway, we thank him for hanging in there with us. So uh, tonight we'll, we'll talk much more with him next week. We've got to step aside, take our final break. When we come back, cause time, poll question time. All of that coming up when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia wraps up after this break here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates including WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and also heard in Braxton County and 106.9 FM. I also want to thank 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WELY Moundsville, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, 
in Matewan, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel. Singing News Radio 92.5 FM WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley. 90.7 FM WFGH in Fort Gay. Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn. Classic Hits 106 WHF Island Side 106.7 FM. Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg 740 AM 106.5 FM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM, 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. And we're on 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. We're also on Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP in Wayne, and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 11.47 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia as we wind down on our 10th show of the season. Just five more to go. We'll be actually talking about games in the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Remember, that's the name of Where? it now, right? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, in, in, in what three weeks, basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're I, there. I, girls' yeah. tournament. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's incredible how fast it's getting there. And, uh, we'll talk with Rick Kozlowski in just a moment for cause time. But first, let's go back over to the score center to Marcus Constantino for a poll question. Thank you, Ryan. Starting with last week's poll question. Uh, should there be flagrant fouls in high school basketball? Uh, 90% of our uh, visitors at basketballnight.com said yes, there should be, while only 10% said no. Now for this week's poll question, should coaches continue to seed the sectional tournament? You can go over to basketballnight.com and cast your vote. You've got until 11.45 p.m. next week. Oh, the seeding season is upon us when it comes to coaches over the next uh, couple of weeks, girls and boys coaches. Again, to remind you how that works, uh, coaches take their own team out. They seed the rest of the teams within their region, the entire region, uh, one through however many teams there are in that region. And uh, then the, uh, they throw out the, the high and low numbers <laughs> and then come up with uh, the seeding based upon that. So we're just seeing... Yeah, that's something we want to keep in the hands of the coaches. And before we have cause time, uh, Bill, there's a special moment for uh, for a gentleman who's had a, a very difficult and, and quite frankly, a, you know, after a heinous incident. Yeah. Um, at Huntington St. Joe, was able to honor him in a gym where he's got a bunch of shots up over the years. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, we're talking about a guy who uh, a lot of folks uh, in western part of West Virginia would know. He did uh, refereed, especially in JV games, for many years. And that is Sid Torlone. Sid Torlone, everybody in the, the Huntington area knows Sid from uh, 
his uh, ownership of G.D. Ritzy's restaurant uh, here across from Cabell Huntington Hospital. Really popular guy in Huntington, of course, unfortunately, uh, about eight, eight, nine months ago, attacked in his own business by an ex-employee and suffered severe injuries. Many people thought that there's no way that Sid would survive. Well, Sid has survived, and he is thriving, and he is coming back. And last Saturday, uh, just first-class thing done by Huntington St. Joe, his alma mater, uh, he uh, he was honored. It was kind of a Sid uh, Torlone Appreciation Day, and uh, you know, congratulations to Coach Ross Skaggs, assistant coach uh, uh, the, uh, there to, at St. Joe, uh, Greg Ferguson, and they they put together a good day. I know a lot of uh, the officials from the uh, this region came out and honored Sid as well because he he's one of these guys that kind of toiled in the. Uh, yeah, doing the JV games and and really didn't uh, look to to move on to the varsity that much, but he liked to work those JV games and did it for years and just retired a couple of years ago. Uh, again, he's had a tough time, but recognized by his alma mater, St. Joe, and uh, who, uh, he's an, a proud alumnus of that school, but also proud to be a part of that officiating fraternity. If you know Bo was with us, he'd tell you all about Sid. So you know so that was just a great honor and uh, congratulations and thanks to Honey St. Joe for honoring first-class guy who's doing well, Sid Torlone. So quick uh, housekeeping to take care of. I uh, want to congratulate Moorfield's Lindsey Rinker, scored her 1,000th point in Moorfield's victory over Tucker County. She had a game-high 31 in that win. She is only a junior. want to congratulate Abby Beeman of Frankfurt High School, who has gone now over 2,000 points in her uh, high school career. As well as, uh, once again, I want to congratulate uh, Madison Webb and Kaylee Blair, who you heard two weeks ago on this program. Both of them from Chapmanville Regional High School, both going over the 1,000-point mark. I want to throw in there also, Jazz Blankenship from Wyoming East has scored 253-point shots and now has 1,464 career points at Wyoming East. You put that in a per-game situation, and you're looking at almost three per game for her career. Fantastic shooter. She is uh, going to continue to play at the next level. I believe at Concord is where she has uh, signed to attend. So right now, we've got all that out of the way. And before we go to cause, I do want to mention, I went to the Wayne Sissonville girls basketball game tonight. Two 16-3 teams played each other. Fantastic ball game. Uh, Wayne getting a 49-44 victory at Pioneer Gym. Good crowd on hand there tonight. Sarah Hooks, 13 points in the win for the Lady Pioneers. Wayne holds Layla Arthur to nine. She's a fantastic player for Sissonville, by the way. And uh, Zoe McCutcheon led the Lady Indians with uh, 11. But uh, Wayne gets the win tonight. Now 17 and 3. That was a big game for sectional seating in Region 4, Section 1. Now it is cause time here on Basketball Friday Night. Played this song a lot at Wayne baseball games yeah. over the past uh, couple of years. Coach Todd Ross, who just uh, sat down after uh, a, a good career, three state state tournament appearances, state runner-up a year ago. Oh yeah, we've got Rick Kozlowski on the line. That's what this is all about. Cos, welcome to basketball yes, Friday night. I am the guy who all week long has been driving around the eastern panhandle with nothing but high beams. I'm blinding people by my life. <laughs> that explains a whole lot right there. That that yeah. You gotta love car situations. Uh, well it's it's uh I, I took the uh, in fact I've 
taken the car into the shop twice this week, and to uh, one of these things that I can't necessarily fix myself. And so they examined it yesterday, even though I told them what was wrong with it. And then they said, come back tomorrow, we have the parts. So that was today. I come back today, and they go to put it in and discover that whoever they deal with sent them the wrong part. So now I can wait for Monday. So there's you know, another three nights of me blinding the world with my high beam. <laughs> I apologize, folks. I really don't want to do it, but hey, how are you guys doing? <laughs> you can't, better than you. Can you even blink your lights at people in like an apologetic blink as you go no away? Not the high beams. No. <laughs> well, I, I've, been, I've been trying to like to avoid the main streets too, so I'm not okay. killing people. He's but, going down the back alleys. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I feel bad, but you know I have to drive around at night, so you know, and it's just like, uh, what can you do? I mean, you're trying. That's all you can do. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, no, it is. It is very trying at times. I mean, I did follow an Ohio car in here tonight that decided to stop at a through green arrow that where you can go straight ahead at all times <laughs> oh, no. because the light next to it was red. But I mean, that's a through lane. You go through it, but it was from Ohio. Yeah, I understand. we understand. And, 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 and that car was in the left lane. Right? <laughs> exactly. It was in the left lane. It was. Uh, that's that's how it works around here. Um, so. <laughs> Basketball. Martinsburg gets a win over Musselman tonight. Uh, good win for um, Martinsburg, a 14-point uh, victory for the Bulldogs. And um, they just keep rolling right along. Yeah, and Musselman did not play a bad game despite a 14-point loss. Uh, basically, the 14-point difference came in the second quarter. Uh, Martinsburg... Got a nine, I got a nine zero run kind of early, then toward the late part of the quarter, which put them ahead. And then down the stretch of the second quarter, I think it was uh, like seven to three or something. That's where the kind of the fourteen points came from because second half, the teams both scored twenty eight points, and uh, so it was uh, fairly even for three quarters. But uh, I think uh, you know, uh, you know, Martin's would have come off a nine. Day layoff, and maybe I don't think they were a little sluggish, but I just you know it just seemed like they had to get their feet under them a little bit uh, early on, and and once they were able to do that, I think they got a little bit of distance, and and I think the intriguing thing is, okay, so Mustard looked very good today uh, after a five game winning streak that came to an end. Uh, Hedges are all tight game with. Uh, what has become, I think, more of a rival for Spring Mills, and the Hedgesville tends to want to see it. So, who is the who is the second best team coming out of here? Is it Musselman? Is it Hedgesville? Hedgesville already has a ten point win over Musselman, but uh, they'll get to play again. And I think that'll uh, you know, what happens in that, in that second game will go a long way to determining who gets the second seed in the. Uh, in the section and, and, and how that plays out. I think, uh, you know, and, and either Musselman or Hedgesville gets the second seed, the other team gets the third seed. So they're going to be playing each other a third time here coming up pretty soon once the playoffs begin. 
ACOS. We got just uh, just a, about a minute left here, but real quickly, I want to get your perspective. Uh, we talked to the principal at Martinsburg High and the, and the governor. What was what was your take as a journalist on the accident and how things were handled and how the information was related back to, to the home community? <laughs> wow, it was a uh, it was a little crazy. I'll, I'll say uh, I was uh, off that night. And I was getting, uh, I, I know Ryan sent me some, uh, a couple notes and I appreciate uh, that greatly. And I got a couple other, couple notes from some people who were at the tournament and I kind of like, uh, went into action trying to get people to get something online because our newspaper was already gone for the night when we were getting the word and trying to get information from that far away. We were relying on you know, kind of other media reports coming in. Uh, I know the one TV station did a, did an excellent job, and I had somebody who, uh, kind of a friend who sent me a picture of the accident scene, but not actually the, the, the bus, but just all of the lights of the emergency vehicles. Oh, my gosh. It was just an absolute, it was like every emergency vehicle in Raleigh County was on scene. Rick, um, Rick, I, I hate to cut this short, but we are out of time. And I want to talk about this more next week. I'm sorry we didn't get to it before. That's Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Maddie Mace, Parkersburg, also over 1,000 points. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.